0: I was oh really? Operating straight cash until I was like, operating like straight 16 cash or something straight like that.
1: Of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Fallen. and I'm
0: Jay Baxter,
1: and we are going to be bullshitting about the 400 years of console gaming as we revisit the paradigms that covered it again. Today, today we are ripping tickets out of the skee-ball machine and turning those bad boys over to the kid at the Chuck E. Cheese counter for a shiny new issue of Nintendo Power issue 18, issue, issue, and you can find the issue issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at. I'll drop the link to that in the show notes, as I always do. Please rate and review the podcast. It makes us feel really good about talking about old video game magazines and other shit. And what are we jamming on now? Jay, what are you jamming on now? It looks like Diablo, probably. It makes a lot of sense.
0: Yep. yep, a lot of games. A lot of games. First, I feel like we need to talk about ESO. Um, oh. As you may or may so not. So Diablo must
1: suck, then. We have come to, no, no, we've no. gotten to the bottom of this. No, it definitely <laughs> does not. It definitely does not
0: first i had to it would be remiss if it not if i did not mention eso in this chapter that you know they just released the newest eso chapter Necrom released a brand new class like the arcanist you know a new trial new storylines all that kind of good stuff and i could not care less for the first time in like eight years i have uninstalled the game and i am done you know
1: you meant you you said you said those words in our last episode and i don't know if that's why I started seeing ads for it or noticed them and I had already been... I don't know, whatever. But I saw those words in an ad for ESO after you said them on the thing. And I don't know, I just thought... Feed the algorithm notable. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: man. It just—it's. I wanted to reflect on it because, you know, the best of the times I had there for, for somebody... This is the only game I've played for such a long time in my life and had a lot of great times when we had an active guild After moving to Seattle, they were a big part of my social scene because it was adults only. So, like, we would get on, shoot the shit. Like, I made a lot of guild friends there that, you know, I play other games with. But at this point, like, the guild friends I play play with don't really play the game anymore. Like, there's just not enough to keep me going in that game. So,
1: So have you ended up luring any of them over to Diablo, as I suggested? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, Oh, for sure.
0: There's there's several of them that made their way over there on their own. And a couple people, I was like, yo, you got to get on this. So, yeah um close the chapter on ESO and definitely have been jamming so much on Diablo 4 it's I have two characters now you can see black he-man behind me if you're if you're watching this on the screen I love this dude my barbarian he's not the first player made. I made I made my sorcerer first like I always do but having a barbarian that looks so badass and has such great skills it's just a lot of fun um, I'm playing with family members people at work people in the old guild like it is, it's still a blast. Like, I pretty much got my. So, Courtney and I are still playing through the main story with my sorcerer, but I like my barbarian so much that I basically leveled him up to the same point so I can just take him for it instead. It's, it's great. Uh, a lot of, a lot of great gear, a lot of great, the great storyline. Everything's solid about it. Um, except the fucking microtransactions. It is. But at the same time, I don't think you need them. So, if you don't know, the skins, everything in this game is. Absolutely expensive. It's like you see a, a cool set of gear you want to buy. It's like fucking twenty five dollars or something. Like absolutely not. Like the same kind of set you would see in a different game, like a, a Halo Infinite. A cool set is like like ten dollars equivalently, maybe maybe twelve on an expensive one. So it's just like it's absolutely just gouging. But at the same time, you get so much awesome gear in the game, and they have like a transmog system where when you pick up stuff. If you salvage it, you can now, like, make your own gear look like that. So it's really not even necessary to buy the... So I don't even... That just seems like an extra money play to people looking out for the whales, you know, and trying to get fleece them for some extra cash, but absolutely not necessary for enjoying the game and making the character look the way you want them to look. So playing that continuously. Um, outside of that... I saw...
1: I saw... There was... I, I should have... I need to keep better notes. <laughs> better shit talking nuts. I've seen there's so, there's a few things I've seen people talking shit about and I'm trying to think I'm sure microtransactions I'm sure is obviously that was obviously one the of thing. them. But no, <laughs> I mean if if that was because that's obviously disgust me as well. So I mean I would remember that. It was something more nuanced than that. Hmm. But so I, I guess know. this is a pointless I mean pointless diversion of, well, of I will the conversation. say <laughs> I do know like if you
0: play the game on hardcore more hardcore mode where you can't die. If you die, you lose everything and have to start over from the beginning. A mode I would never play, personally. I like I like tough games, but not that I don't want to accidentally die and uh, have that happen to me. But I did hear about, because you have to always be online, I know there was like the first person who made it to like 100.
1: Like Oh, 100 yeah, that's or, what, like, yeah. Yeah, it, it was online shit. Disconnect. Yep well it a whole just, bunch like, uh, they, no know. they got that's what it was they got hacked and no one everyone was fucked for a while oh uh, i didn't even there was a big be. hacking thing and they yeah they weren't no one was able to get online for an extended period of time and well,
0: yeah that that happens often like a ddos direct you know service attack
1: those uh, those those yeah those those, were, those that those letters seem to that's, yeah. I think that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of people get together and they're like, we're taking this game down because we're mad
0: at it for whatever reason or we're sticking it to the man or whatever. But yeah, that's that's a whole nother thing. But that sucks as well when that happens. But yeah, I it's funny. There's, I have so many new games. So I got a bunch of new games recently just being at work, um, finding out a bunch of extras that people are no longer playing. For the first time ever, not ever. Let me take that back. For the first time in years. <laughs> I picked up a game with no recommendations, never heard of it before, just because it looked like my type of game. And I was, and I'm absolutely glad I did. The game's called Raiden 3. Um, I actually picked up Raiden 3 and 4, but because 3 is so good, I'm just playing that right now. And it is a awesome flying shooter. I almost put like the screenshot up behind me because it's it's like, you know me and my flying shmups and like how I love them. If you took like, The best flying shooter, vertical flying shooter you can think of and like made it for the Series X with like upgradable weapons and like graphics. I feel like I don't even see
1: that kind of thing on modern systems.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like this is like one of those things. I think we got it like from the publisher because they sent some extra copies, you know, to the office and we had a couple extras lying around. So I picked it up and it is a freaking blast. I'm kind of mad that I've never even seen like any kind of promotion for this game. It's absolutely great. Yeah, not not much, else, not much else to say about that. As flying shooter, you know me, it's my jam. Also, big Rumble Boxing Creed champions, uh, based off the Creed movies. Any chance you've heard of this?
1: I think there's actually a Creed game for Quest Two. I mean, yeah, I know that they're, they've made boxing games based on it. I don't yeah, know about that one specifically, but
0: yeah, I, you know, I've been playing so many first person shooters for so long. And, like, you know, whenever I just need, like, a 15-minute, let me just de-stress or go hurt somebody type of thing, it's that's what I go to, you know, a Halo Infinite type of thing. But, like, I've been looking into just something else, like, can I get into wrestling, boxing, something like that. So, another one of those games, I was like, oh, I haven't heard of this before. But, you know, based off of the Creed movies, which I enjoy, the Rocky movies, my mom loved them, watched them because of her, and then Creed, you know, solid franchise on its own. Um, but, yeah, this one is the iconic, now iconic Adonis Creed and, you know, decent storyline to get through him. But then once you play through his storyline, there's still a whole row of boxers to unlock based on the, the Rocky movies and the Creed movies as well. And it's so fun, just like hand-to-hand combat, knocking fools out. I had to play through this other loser storyline to unlock um, <laughs> um, Mr. T, a.k.a. Clubber Lang, my favorite you know, bad guy from all of the Rocky series. And he just knocks motherfuckers out with a one. (laughs) It is so much fun. Like there's sometimes, you know, when you get off work and I'm just trying to de-stress. Yeah. Halo's fun. But like, I'm almost too, I'm almost too good at that game now to where like, it's always like a focus and like strategy and all this kind of stuff. Whereas like boxing. Yeah. There's strategy, but it is just far more satisfying when you're in a mood to just like hit somebody with a special uppercut and bounce them off the ring ropes. So, incredibly fun i've unlocked rocky he's a blast apollo creed you know some other people freaking ivan drago the russian like just knocking fools out with his power and each character has their if, own if he style.
1: dies he dies
0: exactly like I definitely, <laughs> I definitely unlocked apollo creed and got revenge against ivan drago but like his his like uh i forget what they call him maybe like a slugger versus like different finesse boxers. Each boxer has sure. their different style. So depending on who you get, you know, they're much more good with the rope of dope versus like one shots. Like if you hit them, like a lot of times, if he or club of lane hits you, you're going down to one knee, like you're staggering and you're, it's going to be a problem. So I really like the nuance that they included for each of the boxers. So if you're into like a boxing game, I highly recommend that game. I got a couple other ones as well, but I'm going to, I haven't played through them enough yet. So I'll save them for the next episode.
2: Okay, okay.
0: But yeah, lots of boxing, lots of flying schmup action, and then hack and slash the Diablo. That's been filling my time, man. What about you?
1: Uh, I also have had some mindless things that I maybe don't normally talk about, probably, in these little fucking things. But uh, the first thing, coming off that Legend of Zelda Doom mod... That I talked about last time, I mentioned I thought I saw a Castlevania idea in that uh, launcher as well. Mm-hmm. So I went and downloaded that and checked it out, and it is absolutely it's called Castlevania Simon's Destiny, and it is oh. a Doom 2 mod. And it's fucking great, but they expect you to platform and platform I don't know
0: VR platform. VR,
1: uh, well, it is it is VR also, yes, but I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is that it's in the Doom 2 engine, which, if you recall, jumping in those games, it's fucking awful. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the you know, the VR, it's cool, and they are a 3D space, and that makes the game cooler, for sure, but, like, your actual, it's not real 3D, you know, it's... Flat pixels in a three D space. So it's not It's no
0: Astrobot three R. It's not like made for it's not what you right. Yeah.
1: Precisely. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, the I don't know. I guess it would be possible for you know, whatever. But I I think it's more that it's in the Doom Two engine is the problem. And yeah, Doom Two platform and, and I like I don't even know if Doom Two really had much jumping in it, if any, but it's definitely a big thing in Hexen and in Heretic and Awful. It's fucking terrible. And, I mean, yeah, you're – even in Heretic and Hexen, you, you're just saving before you make any jump of any note whatsoever. And, like I said, it's Castlevania, so it's, like, just as much of the – not maybe not just as much, but it's a lot. And it's not fun – to have to save every fucking three seconds, you know, it's just not fun. No, uh, so that is a real drag on what otherwise would be really cool because it, you know, it's the fucking whip too. So it's it was wild how it has the aiming thing going on, just like as if you were a gun, but with the whip instead. So it's just a cool, like, I didn't expect to have that with a, I mean, it's not quite a melee weapon, but it's close, you know. So, yeah, I didn't expect to have that same kind of, like, free-range attack. Whatever. So, that was a cool part of it. But, yeah, the jump-in's fucking... Not fucking good. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, I'm not. I can't fucking stick with this. As much fun as it is, and the music's great, and yada yada yada." But uh, I started digging around for more things in there, and really got started playing Brutal Wolfenstein, which is what's behind me right now. And this is absolutely elite, dude. Like I had played, like Wolfenstein was my introduction to those ID first FPS games. You know, oh, really? I had yeah, I had my uncle on that shitty little two megabyte of RAM IBM PS2. I had he had that on there, and like you know, we, he didn't even, that didn't have an onboard sound blaster, but he like would tell me about how like on, you know, like a little bit better of a computer, you could get a sound blaster 16 and those dudes would be yelling in German and the dogs would be barking and shit. And like, you know, I know (laughs) this, it's so hard. There's no way for someone like a modern gamer who didn't live through that era at an old enough age to be like really cognizant, at least to some degree, uh, Mm -hmm. as I was as like an early teen of like how earth-shattering this was to, like, be killing Nazis and they're yelling at you in German and you're just blowing them away. Like, that is... It, it was, like, unreal. Like, the dogs, like I said, barking at you and shit. And they're, like... Just uh, it just mind-blowing, Uh, whatever, game development advancement, you know? So that hit me really fucking hard back then. And, you know, that... But even on that shitty computer, it would run. So I played a lot of the first episode, but I just had the version. I never had the... Mm. Later episodes, and there's like six or eight, I don't know, a whole bunch of fucking episodes. Uh, So I played through the first one all the way. There's nine floors to that. So, I mean, I don't think I'd even done that, to be honest with you. But I played through all of that. Great. Beat the fucking final boss, this big, huge fucking dude, you know, and then started in the second episode. And these are full, like, Brutal Doom is like. I don't know, it just turns it into kind of, like, bloodier, and, like, it's just, like, extreme violence, you know? So, like, you know, you, you'll you fucking mow down a room, and there's, like, blood dripping from the ceilings and shit. It is just, like, absolute mayhem, you know? So, really, really cool visually. But, yeah, I hadn't played into the second episode, and it's not just Nazis. You get into, like, these undead hordes and stuff that are, I don't know, I just didn't expect that to be in the Wolfenstein Thing you know, I thought it would just be Nazis <laughs> the whole time, you know, because the first day, the first few floors of the first episode, it is like so in the old version. That's the thing too. These remakes, the 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 brutal, the 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 one I'm playing is like a reimagining of the first two episodes. Oh, so it's yeah. like I think it's similar, but like a little bit bad and more to it. Yeah, it's a little more flair to it. Uh, so yeah, so there's like all these zombies and shit. I'm just more just there's just way more to the world, and, and I'm kind of blown away with the, I guess, layers to it that I didn't think this game would have or does have. So yeah, the and the second one is like all this laboratory stuff, all the, you know, you're fucking blowing up beakers and, like, these fucking <laughs> vats of of industrial waste and stuff that they're making these fucking creatures from and shit. It's a lot more going on than, than, than I thought there was, and I'm actually at the second boss for this second episode, and... <laughs> He's <laughs> like, or the final boss, and he is like this massive, crazy ass scientist. And he's just vaping me over and over and over again. So that's I'm pretty stuck on that. I don't know uh, if I'm gonna be able to get past him or not. I've tried quite a number of times, and it's just like instant. I don't know. There must be a tactic or something that I am not aware of because he just like annihilate. And I'm going in with like full 200 health, every weapon possible. Like I am like that's the thing too. These games are like super kind of the only way to find those secrets. It's just wall checking, you know. So like, I'm checking every fucking, and like, I can't not do it. I have to get the hundred percent. I have to do it. It's like I am literally, I am just fucking going along these long ways and just like hitting the button over and over and over again, and and finding every secret. But if you do that, you get a lot of cool shit, cool ga- cool weapons, and stuff. And that's the thing too. You can do, you can add on. This launcher has so many layers to the mods you can do. So, like, you can, okay, turn on Wolfenstein Brutal Doom. So, now you're in those maps. And then you can... There's weapon pack mods. So, you can change the weapons in it. So, I have, like, an enhanced weapon system that I, I'm using or have ac- access to. And, yeah, I have some crazy-ass weapons that I did not know were in Wolfenstein either, you know. But, so, I'm going in there with even those. And it's just, like, the guy is still vaping me. So, we shall see. But really fucking cool. And, yeah, I mean, if, if you have... You know, like I said with Legend of Zelda, like if you have any nostalgia for these games, this VR adaption of them is just, I just cannot explain how incredible it is to to re-experience it that way. You know, it's just so, I don't know, such an incredible furthering of your, whatever imagination you might have applied to playing that game. Twenty thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, I
0: love so. Doom, love Duke Nukem. Never got into the Wolfenstein. I just saw the Nazis. I was like, I'll pass. I don't, I don't even want to deal with Nazis. But like, <laughs> I get the appeal. I get the appeal. Yeah. it's uh,
1: yeah. I mean, you don't have you don't have to hang out with them or anything. They're just uh, <laughs> you're just vaping them. Uh, yeah. It's to me, it's kind of cool because it there's all the I don't know. There's just a lot of little things that kind of it's more rooted in reality, I guess, and that's kind of interesting to me, you know. Um, as opposed to the fully fantastical fucking portal to hell thing going on with yeah. YouTube, you know. 2. Um, but very much of the same vibe, for sure, just as far as mechanics and everything. It's it's essentially the same game, just a little more basic, or a little less developed, I guess. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of that, and then I still pick up Night in the Attic in VR on uh, my quests every now and again when I want something, when I want like a relaxed experience. It's super, especially compared to these things, which are just like... They're not quite Doom 2016 level of intensity yeah. uh, as far as like <laughs> VR shooter goes, but it's uh, way different than just something chilling in place and like kind of mellowing out. So, still so playing that a little bit, and then I started a kill quest on Willow I on saw NES. I'm like, yes, gosh, I hate everything Willow. How, how oh really? About like? <laughs> everything about it is a very extreme thing. Uh, I mean, I don't have, I don't really have too much of an opinion either way. I'm not like a Willow fan. Uh, I wouldn't mind rewatching the movie, because I think, even I mean, however long, well, I know how long ago it was, quite a while ago, but the issues are 9 and 10 that I'm using from Nintendo Power as, like, my source material, Literature of Antiquity, while I play. So it was quite some time ago, I guess, that we were talking about that, but I, I don't really remember it, and I kind of wouldn't mind rewatching the original. I, of course, have no interest in the new one. that's I'm sure it's horrific, but the... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind rewatching it. So yeah, I mean it's fine. I as far as the source material goes, whatever. But the game, man, I I'm glad that I'm doing it this way. I don't think as I kind of hypothesized when we like really basically kicked around as a potential side quest option, I don't think it makes me worry about any of those real-time ones. I just don't know. This is not enough complexity in the dialogue trees and stuff. To have all like the way we do those side quests, there's just not as much there, you know. So I don't know. Less, there's less to interpret, and so much of the side quests are about us interpreting these basic iterations of these vast and somewhat complex story worlds. Right. I don't know if that will work, you know. Even like Crystallis is one we have on there that I think maybe, duh, like it is a infinitely more complex game. There is a much more complex story. But I just don't know if the gameplay will lend itself to the same thing. I don't know, because you can't just set the controller. I mean, you can pause, but like it's it's fast. You know, it's faster paced. You know, I just don't know if it'll work. Um, In any event, it is great for this though, and just playing through it and just you know, momentarily consulting a Nintendo Power when I'm kind of don't know what's going on, or I would like a little bit of uh, a hint of what to do. You know, so it's it's really fun doing that, and it's cool. I'm streaming, of course, so the fucking Some of the disciples are popping in and hanging out. Al's fucking walking me through some of the clunky shit in the beginning, you know. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, it's a Nintendo game. So there is a little bit of stuff. There's not a lot, in all honesty. And, you know, dude, it's Capcom. So, like, I shouldn't be too surprised. They're fucking incredible in this era. But, like, this is 1989. This is early Capcom, early NES. I'm kind of blown away by some of the quality of life stuff, dude. There's a fast travel feature. Like... Yeah, you find yeah you find an ocarina that calls this kind of pterodactyl type thing that you rescue at one point, and it'll come pick you up, and you get to just pick these four P- major POIs in the game that are you know kind of spread apart that you can just go to, so you don't have to trundle your ass through all these fucking screens, you know. To, and I was like, just absolutely shocked that that was there. There is, which is a little less progressive, I suppose, because it is in. Dragon Warrior, but there's what amounts to an outside spell, you know, you get the spell that, so when you finish a castle, or I mean, you can use it to leave at any point if you're in trouble, I guess, but I use it basically when I finish uh, a dungeon or something, instead of having to walk my ass all the way back out, I can just cast that spell and you're outside, you know, so little shit like that that just makes it like a lot less of the expected runaround of this game, you know. Um, which kind of surprised me. So you know, some you know, it's not uh, the problem with playing these games with these stories like this that you like you want to experience a story that's fun, but like it's like a fucking pain to do so. Like a lot of that is alleviated here, and I was very surprised and pleased by that. So that's cool. But yeah, just in general, I man. Dude, I mean the you know the combat mechanics are kind of varied. You have both a stab, like a thrust, and a swing that's kind of like a half circle arc you know so the enemy interactions which are like I said real time so there's all there's quite a few different enemies quite varied attack patterns to them you have to there's there's good combinations of having to use either the thru- the thrust or the swing or combinations of them or you have a shield and using the shield to defend on a timing-based thing is there with some of the enemies. So, like, the battle mechanics are also pretty complex and interesting. It's not just fucking button-whacking, you know, which is also kind of surprised me. There's a ton of items and swords and shields and magical items and spells and stuff. So there's all these different functions, you know, just a ton of stuff going on that uh, really make it pretty fucking enjoyable. Like, it's... I'm impressed. I'm four episodes in. I've played... Little less than an hour most of the time, so quite a ways in, so I'm a good headway, and I would guess my expectation is maybe another two to three sessions like that left of it. So it's not like the longest game ever, but there's a nice bit of substance there. Um, so yeah, it's that's I'm really I don't know why I just got a hair at my ass, and I was like I feel like playing something, and I was like fuck it, I'll stream it, and then you know maybe. 20 minutes into it, I'm like, holy shit. Now, like, I'm going to end up beating this game for sure. <laughs> like, this is a good-ass game. So, yeah, that's a cool-ass thing I kind of stumbled into, did not expect. And then the last thing I have is uh, trying to figure out something kind of long for me to play. I ended up picking back up that The Coin Game on Steam, which I talked about a while ago. It's the one-man developer where you are the kid in this kind of tiny rural Aren't, town oh yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah and you Arcade, have to go around and do so, chores
1: and shit yeah, yeah to make to make money to go play at the arcades so i started playing that more and you know i the 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 I mentioned, like, some of the controls were clunky and stuff, and, like, it is still not great on that front, but I have gotten, like, I've figured all that shit out, so it's pretty seamless to play now. There's not as much friction of just actually interacting with it, which is nice. I've kind of figured out the nuances and, like, even the things that suck, I know how to kind of cheese them to make them suck less and... Make that problem go away, so you know the the friction is kind of gone, and i 've explored more of the stuff like I mentioned all these i had done, I was doing the paper route, which was the the first thing I got into to make money right and there's also babysitting and then lawn mowing uh, and then you and you can also go around and i didn't I kind of was looking around trying to figure something out, and I saw this on a reddit p- post or something, but you can also scavenge. <laughs> out of in the trash dumpsters and trash cans all over town and shit. And you can find, you find like trash because part of the economy too is like, you know, the, I don't know what else you save up for other than this really that's major, but the big thing, there's a golf cart you can get so you don't have to use your bike, you don't have to get around on a bicycle and the the golf cart's like 10 grand. So you have to save up all this money to get that uh, to buy from the gas station guy. So that's like the big thing that I'm saving for. But one of the way, you know, there's a there's this pawn shop kind of pawn shop slash recycling shop thing that you can go to and you kind of just throw all the shit into the machine and hit the button and it just spits out a certain amount of money that these things have the value of. So one of the things you can do with that, it has this kind of this LED board on the front door or outside the front door that tells you like it's kind of like a stock ticker almost, and like these are the things that are more valuable today for there's a higher demand for them or something you know so you can use that to then go to the arcades where you earn those tickets to get the prizes and shit all the cool ass toys and stuff and and, you know i mean there's boom bus all sorts of shit that you can get but some of that shit on certain days is worth more money so there's like this economy to it where you're like You don't want to just burn your tickets on dumb shit because you want to save them up to get the better things in general, of course, but also have them available to you. So when you see like a particularly valuable thing having this value at the pawn shop, you sprint over to the arcade where it's located. And there's a bunch of different arcades too. Like I mentioned, there was like the just normal arcade kind of in the middle of town. I mentioned finding the carnival thing out by the lake last time. I also found this kind of like bigger it's also an arcade, but there's like a there's a laser tag thing there, and that's like those don't even earn you tickets. Like you just spend money. Like it's a shit you can go do, hmm. like in, and that are fun. There's this laser tag game, and then there's a uh, go kart fucking track that you can race on. And then I keep seeing pictures for a putt putt course somewhere. I haven't even found that, so I don't know where that's at yet. <laughs> uh, but that exists somewhere. There's another big place on the other side of town. So there's all these fucking places you can go to. So. You have to, like, know where that item might have been by knowing the inventory of these places. And then, okay, I got to pedal my ass out there and spend my tickets on it, take it back to the pawn shop and sell it for that and get this increased amount of money to help me save. And so it was like that, that economy thing going on, which is really cool to embrace. And then, yes, the chores, dude, the mowing the lawn chore Is it's like, have you heard about that? I think we've talked about it briefly, but that power washing game that that is like, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's, it's that concept of like this really Zen shouldn't be fun thing, but it's, it's so well executed. You have like a, it's a push mower, you know, So it's, like, you go over, you fire it up, and it's, like, you know, you can't – those things, you can't really – it's, like, he's a kid, too. So, like, I don't know whether this is just – you know, some of it, like, it might just be shitty design, but it works for this because you're a kid trying to push this mower that you're not big enough for probably, you know. So it's, like, like kind of fucking tough to keep it online and do the thing perfectly. But, like, you go into the lawn. There's four parts of the lawn, and, like – you know, there's shit you gotta deal with, the trees and stuff that you gotta go around, whatever. So, but you're, you know, you're trying to do the perfect thing where you start all the way on the outside and do the circling till you get to the middle. So, it's like, it's crazy satisfying. And you make a ton of dough when you do it, when you finish it, you know. And if you don't finish it right, he won't pay you either. So, you gotta like, if you leave like patches and shit and like, you know, it's still. It's not like individual blades of grass. You can tell that there's like a little bit of a blockiness to it. But you can just miss a little bit and not even notice for sure, you know. So it's 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 nuanced enough to make it actually challenging and just crazy satisfying to execute, you know. And same with the babysitting. I figured out the babysitting, too. You, like, got to go into this neighbor's house. There's two kids running around, and they're robots, too. So they're robot kids. You got to pick them up. You got to put them in these, like, crib dock things. They look like – it looks like (laughs) a machine dock. But, you know, it's like literally you put it in, and it just – it's called the – the baby matic or sleep matic or something like that, and you lock them in. But if you don't, like, you go in there and they're just running around tearing the place up. They're just literally, there's a toy box and they're just pulling toys and fucking throwing them everywhere and like just making a fucking mess. They leave dirt on the floor everywhere they go and shit. So your first priority, you have a checklist. You go in there, and you have like your immediate priority is get those fucking kids to bed so they stop fucking the place up. Uh, so you like you grab the kids, you take them to bed, and then you go back out to the living room. And yes, there's toys everywhere, so you got to pick each toy up, take it back to the toy box. And then there's this Swiffer in the corner, and you got to take the Swiffer around. And it's it's very similar to the Power lawnmower thing. The lawnmower, yeah in that you, like, it's, you know, you gotta do the Swiffer right in the right places. You go around, clean up after them, and you can, like, eat their food while you're there, too, and there's a survival mechanic, like I said, you know? So there's, like, it's kind of, it's very, I don't know, that's, I've never babysitted before, but I kind of see that you're stuck in someone's house. So, like, I've dog sat before, and, like, you're tempted to just use their shit. <laughs> so, 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 like, you know, it's fucking... Well, they uh, should tell you,
0: hey, you can go ahead and eat the food in the fridge. They should tell They you.
1: should. They should. But they don't tell you this. They don't, there's no parent. You just show up. They're, like, you, just, you can just come over whenever you it's hilarious in that regard. It's just, there's so much quirky, t- tender-loving care in the build of it that's so quirky. But, like, yeah, you, like, there's not. they're not there. It's not like you go to their house and, like the parents are leaving and they give you the rule, whatever you just like, the kids are just running amok and their parents are gone and you just come over whenever you want to deal with them, you know? So it's, it's funny and quirky in that regard too. But
0: out of everything so, yeah, so, you just said, I'm more, I'm more sitting here wondering like what type of neighborhood does this kid live in where the gas station dudes sell golf carts? Like where are uh, we at? Like, <laughs> Dude,
1: it's, I'm, you know, that that's again, it's super quirky, but like, and like I said, it's not descript in its time setting, but like, you know, it is just like growing up in Oberlin, like if I had had a bicycle to be able to get around with and 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 kind of just been able to autonomously operate as a early preteen, you know, or late preteen slash early teen, it's probably just like this. dude. It's like <laughs> just no supervision. You're yeah. just running around doing whatever. Like, you're whatever, kid. Do what you got to do. Right. Exactly. You know, fucking keep yourself. Oh, you're out fucking earning money. Sure. Whatever. Like, good yeah. job. Don't you die. Know, <laughs> yeah, don't die, right. And like that, you know, you are. You're avoiding traffic. You're riding that bicycle around. It's fucking, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's so quirky and so fucking cute. And they opened too. I mentioned, you know, it's it's a single developer doing his own thing for, you know, however long he's been working on this fucking thing. That's and awesome. so it's not done. And it probably never will be. And I mentioned how last time there was an ATM next to the convenience store where you get your, like, groceries before you go home. Like your, your goose Food for your pet goose, which is another just quirky thing at the house, you know. And you have a fish tank, so you had to get fish tank food, and you gotta get your own. They sell kids' cuisine. They sell frozen dinners that you gotta feed yourself with these kids' cuisines, and then like swans and frozen dinners, um, band aids for your health, or like quick health pick, whatever you buy shit there. And I mentioned that there was the ATM next to it, but it would had the under construction sign in front of it. Last I would played, now when I came back to it. He had finished the ATM. So now there's an ATM system, Hmm. which they have one there. They have one over at the really far away arcade, UFO arcade with the golf, with the Go-kart track and shit, and this, because I mentioned you're saving for this big fucking thing, and just in send, it's just a simpler way to save, basically, and you earn interest, you know? So it's just cool. You, I'll st- At my end of the day, after I do all my arcade and chores and shit, I will stop into the convenience store to get my pet food and my own food, and then with whatever money I have left, I will stop over at the ATM and put that shit in, just like a kid. I don't know. Did you have a... This is a fun question, like a fun nostalgia question. Did you... Did your parents take you to the bank and open up a savings account for you when you were a kid?
0: No, not at all. Was oh, really? I operating straight cash until I was like... I'll maybe straight maybe like cash? 16 or something like that. Cash, like, well, I, I think at one point, like my dad definitely worked at Bank One slash Chase at one point, so I got an account yeah. before I was 18, but like I definitely, I don't remember a savings account like
1: that. Really? <laughs> so I remember, so it happened twice. I remember being really little because my... I mentioned I got an insurance settlement from my dad. My dad got an insurance settlement from being in an accident right around when I was born. So when I was a kid, I was getting a little bit of, I was getting some money from that. So like when at some point or another, they took me to some bank and like opened a checking account in mine or a savings account in my name with one of those checks or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a whole thing like they ended up my dad ended up like taking that money and spending it on whatever dumb shit at some point. And that was like part of the part of the divorce thing that was like it's always, always it was always his perspective that it was his money because he was the one that got injured. and Yeah, whatever. So that was always his perspective on this. So it's part of the thing when my mom died and they were like custody and all that shit. That was one of the things I remember was like one of the court talking points that like he had done, whatever. So whatever, that's, that's the whole thing. So that I didn't have that one my whole life, but I remember going to the bank and doing that. I remember sitting in the chair and I remember doing it. And then also later on, I remember when I got my job at, uh, I was in that OWA program, uh, my freshman year of high school. So I started working I was 14 and had, you know, I started as a uh, working for the school. And then once they got, they eventually got me a job at the grocery store, bagging groceries. Fucking collecting carts in the fucking parking lot in the snow and shit, you know. So I was 14. Now, you, can't, you can't go to the bank and open your own account. You had to go with your parents, right? So my dad took me and, like, we opened an account. And, like, I remember that was – it was just so satisfying to have, like, your little checkbook and, like, yeah. you know. You, I, don't, I don't think – I don't, I don't believe well, I like, could write – Did you write, have a debit card yet? Like, I, I, no, I don't think I could get a debit card. I think I could – I had an ATM card, but it wasn't – you oh, couldn't yeah, use yeah. it to make purchases, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember having the book. And I don't even think I got checks either. I don't think I was allowed to have a checking account. But I still got the little book with the deposit slips and the little ledger. So you can write your balance. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. My balance. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I remember just both those experiences, just huge, like really, really satisfying kids' experiences. So I just think it's a really cool – it's a nice nod to what this whole game is about, like having your savings account. And, you, you know, you go there, you put your little card in, you deposit it. There's also – I don't think it's functioning yet – but i've seen there's something you can like donate to to get some there's like some sort of also economy that you can like use to transfer money from the atm and like it's just it's there's just a bunch of really cool systems like i said he's still adding shit constantly it's just such a i don't know there's nothing there's no game like it for sure you know and i don't i still don't know if i it's it's definitely not for everyone but like there is something about it that there is no question a sect of Video game players, uh, I guess retro one, retro minus ones in particular. That like it will it will check a lot of boxes for you in this really weird, satisfying way. So, okay. yeah, I think I think I'm pretty hooked on it. And I also figured out one of the things too. I thought I I thought I was able to play with just my Xbox controller sitting on the couch, like with it piped into my TV. And I just, I finally figured out, like, all the button shit to be able, that was part of the friction, too, that I had to be at my computer because there's still keyboard stuff I had to do. And I figured out, with the exception of a few things, every now and again I'll have to stand up and come over and, like, hit a button on my keyboard. But it's seldom enough that I can just sit on my couch and jam, you know, and that was a huge inhibitor as well. So I think with that stuff all overcame, I'm going to... Ten thousand bucks is a lot of money, <laughs> but there's just there's just so much about it. The skee ball is so good. Like the the video games. That's what I mean the individual developer dude. Each game is like they're just so nuanced like and well developed. Better, dude. Better, what? better. They're more developed and more nuanced. I mean, like the, that quarter pushing game, dude. The physics in it are incredible. There's this game where you it like it's a it's themed as like a A beach pirate thing and like there's a shovel stuck in the sand in the middle and you have to use this arm that you control that just has like a little circle thing on the end of it and there's all these balls sitting on this surface and you have to use this thing that's also round to push this like full layer of balls without hitting the shovel in the middle and it's timed and it's just i mean the physics on each little thing that you can hit are perfect it's all every one of the little weird games is they're all feel good you know um which is great because that's all the game is really but it's surprising nonetheless because it has it i'm from a single developer standpoint it has to just be so much fucking work to make those not feel shitty any of them feel shitty you know uh, yeah the ski ball i can't get enough of the ski ball dude i just cannot get enough of the ski ball it's so much fun <laughs> uh, and it's cheap it's an individual developer it's fine i think I said 10 12 15 i don't know it's 14 bucks something like that it's great fucking great 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 can't recommend enough okay. so that's it let's talk about nintendo power
0: To stage one theme, bringing us into this episode of Nintendo Power numero eighteen. A little Spanish English mix there for you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Get multilingual a a podcast. Spanglish. Worldly, this is a worldly uh, retro gaming podcast. Guess I should have said Dac 8. Maybe that's
0: more appropriate. There you
1: go. I don't know. Uh, I can. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can count to nine in Spanish.
0: You need to work on your international game, Josh. Yeah.
1: Well, this is why I did not choose international business. Uh, languages are not my bag. I, I uh, rather, not I, but this is the no- November, December 1990 issue. The cover price is 350 US dollars, 450 Canadian. And Dr. Mario is our cover feature. It's got that clay sculpture aesthetic to it, as most of them do, and in the, in the mags really run here. And Mario is standing on a stepladder, lab coat, stethoscope around his neck, head mirror on his head. And what is a head mirror, you ask? It's that disc with a hole in it attached to a headband that doctors don't wear anymore. And that is because it, it was intended to reflect light shown onto it into a cavity that the doctor would look through the hole at. And they've thought of smarter solutions for this since... Uh, that was in practice. And yeah, I didn't, when I first pulled this up, it occurred to me, I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is or what it does or when it went away. Uh, like, well, I don't, I don't know I've what
0: never hell. seen a doctor wear that in my life, but like you recognize that's a doctor. That's a That's do- like, I, that's like, doctor I
1: definitely had a doctor play set or something as a kid where I oh, had yeah. one of those things, you know, but yeah. you're like, well, how do I do this? Is it going my
0: eye it just sits on the forehead? That's
1: why <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, it makes a ton of sense as, like, an archaic tool to, yes, get some light into, like, an ear or something, you know. It makes a ton of sense. But, yeah, it, it, I intuitively was not able to <laughs> guess that looking at it. And, yeah, they, they, you don't use them anymore. Yeah, I, I, I was, maybe <laughs> was to work the one day, and I'm like, I text her, I'm like, ask your dad. Her dad's a doctor. Uh. I was like, and he's retired now. I was, I was like, ask your dad when he stopped using a head mirror. And she's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck. She's is like, I've never about? heard of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess he's, he said he'd ever used one, I believe, she said.
0: Uh, Definitely it must be one of those old timey things that we just recognize from like our parents' generation because their parents or something. Somebody right, but at I one mean, point you know, had one. Yeah, and that I became mean, the standard thing that we use to identify what a doctor is. That and a steth- stethoscope around the neck. That's right. how you know it's a doctor.
1: Yeah, that's how you know it's <laughs> legit. Yeah. Don't even need the coat anymore. I just need that stethoscope. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that was fun. That I, like I, immediately I was like, I need to do research.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, this is a freaking cool cover, man. Like the colors, like it's got that oh, it's bright great, yeah. pink, like with the yellow. Like it grabs yeah. me. Even if I don't, even as I'm not a Doctor Mario fan, I'm still grabbing this, picking up. But you issue. need to like, fix like, oh. that. Is,
1: that is a cardinal, cardinal sin. You're so no wrong thanks. about that. No so I wrong.
0: recognize that I may be among the minority with that. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter was even playing this a couple weeks ago. Like you know, on um, like the switch online kind of thing, and she was like talking about like, oh, this is so fun. And I just looked at her like, oh, for shame! It's uh, dude, sit down and play family.
1: against her, dude. Sit down and play because it's the it's a, we'll get into it here, but yeah, no, it's... I
0: I will I will say this. I recognize the fun in it because if you recall, like several episodes ago, when I was playing Pac-Man Arcade Plus, like there is a Pac-Man game. I forget which one it is. That's very similar to this, like similar in terms of like the style. Obviously, it's not bugs and germs, but like a similar play style. And that's really fun. So I'm like, all right, I get that this type of game is fun. Fair enough.
1: It's the head to head side of it, dude. Like the form yeah. player, or whatever, but it, the head to head component of it is just, it's mm-hmm. oh, next level. Next, next level. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah he's up on that step ladder. He's got the clipboard underneath his arm. He's got, he's like, he's stand- it's It's cool too. Just visually, the color scheme, yeah, is great, yeah. but it's cool because, so he's, like, it's, like, a miniature thing going on in a bigger laboratory. Like, if you look at the background and the shit in the background, it's, like, a, based on his size in the foreground. He's,
0: like, Smurf size, like, three right. apples high. You know? Prec- yeah, precisely,
1: <laughs> precisely. Yeah, and, like, the, the the jar that he's standing above is, like, it's not even a jar. It's, like, a a vial, you know? Yeah, you know what it mean? looks like, like a, a m- giant mason jar size, like a r- giant. one. Relative to his size, yeah, I yeah. think I think it's like one of those things in the background, you know, like a little. It's one of like oh, a yeah. little medicine vial, you know. So, yeah, and inside you got a couple claymation germs and a bunch of the pills and stuff. So yeah, it's just really, really cool, really well done. There's one hanging off the outside of it too. That's really well done. Uh, real art, good art design on this, yep. on this cover for sure. Yes, it is one of the ones. This was in my mag, my subscription run. And, yeah, there's. It, it is just a very stark memory. Like, looking at it is a very, very strong memory. And that is probably also a testament to the good art design. So, the headline for Dr. Mario here is Contagious Fun and Challenge. And then they have huge reviews. And they're touting Castlevania Three Solar Jetman, and Little Nemo. And that is quite a goddamn lineup, I would say, for the reviews. And then... The they, they mentioned the player's pull here leads to the Super Bowl. And you know who was in that Super Bowl, Jay? Not at all, but I'm sure you do. Yes, it's the <laughs> Buffalo fucking Bills in the Super Bowl 25. <laughs> was and that one yes, of the
0: four, four in the row? Four that in the row. was
1: the wide right by Scott Norwood against the Giants, the first one, Whoa. the big one, the real heartbreaker for sure. And I actually, if you can believe a universe existed where this was the case, Jay, I was not a fan of the Bills at this time. Like, this was... Prior, I became a fan of the Bills as I watched, or rather I should say as I experienced the pain of watching that kick sail wide right (laughs) in my bedroom crying alone about the $5 in lunch money that I lost (laughs) against the kid I bet at school on that game. So when this hit newsstands or hit my mailbox, I guess more notably, I was not a Bills fan yet. So there was, you know, I've already said I... I can't believe I wasn't better or more inclined or somehow, whatever, didn't embrace the contest write in stuff more. I, like At least I don't think I did. I don't remember doing it, which – um, yeah, anything with mail. Like I was, I just can't believe I didn't engage that stuff because I was so. Any time, any kind of like taking my own fucking correspondence or doing my own correspondence with the U.S. Postal Service. Like I just could not get enough of kids. <laughs> so, so I'm shocked that I didn't try to win these things. But yeah, I, I wouldn't have had the inclination to on the basis of liking foot. That's probably why this one specifically because I didn't care about football at all. Really. Um, well, I don't know. Fourth grade is about when I started to give a shit in general, but. Hmm. Um, It certainly wasn't what it became (laughs) at that point. So that's why I didn't win this, I guess, amongst other reasons. (laughs) So into the magazine, they're not going to shill as shamelessly as they did in last year's holiday issue where they had a full-on catalog segment. But they are finding a way to get us into the capitalistic holiday spirit right from the jump here nonetheless in the form of a two-banger Christmas-themed magazine subscription pitch. And the headline up top is light up your tree with power. And then there's a live action photo taking up the full uh, two pages with some NES, like it's a tree, like a, a picture of a Christmas tree with NES game character ornaments, Mega Man, Mario, Luigi, Princess Toadstool. And they've also Photoshopped a handful of magazine covers from back issues in here to look like ornaments, you know, so. Very cool, very cool. Pretty good, yeah, pretty cool art design. The pitch copy is suggesting you give the subscription as a gift, and they have included a stocking stuffer gift certificate that you can fill out yourself to give to the kid you're gifting so they don't think you're totally full of shit when you claim to have changed their life with this bestowment. (laughs) So that's pretty cool, too, that you like give you this thing to actually put in their stocking, which is fun. If I was an adult
0: at the time, like, to give that gift would probably feel pretty damn cool, like, there you go, child. Enjoy, sure. enjoy your life. Go for Yeah, I, you know, I,
1: there's, there's like, I wanted this. It's not because based on the timing of, like I said, my first issue was that Super Mario Brothers 3 one, and it just doesn't time out for that to have been the case. But yeah, I would love for part of my Genesis into Nintendo Power to have been getting that, this gift oh stuff gosh. in my stocking. That would have been incredible, you know. Uh, didn't quite have it that beautiful of a, um, catalyst into it. but The TOC gets us uh, from there to Player's Pulse, where we start with the mailbox, and the whole first page is responses to a prompt the MagaSign readers back in the July-August issue to write in with your worst gaming nightmare disaster stories. Oh my and gosh. And they are, they're all, I mean, I would say they're all pretty terrible and zero stakes, except maybe the one about the kid flushing four Game Boy packs down the toilet. <laughs> I can't even believe that.
0: They worked after four days? Like, that is... That's some impressive. And they don't even
1: mention using the rice. Trick. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> expect, the thing like. which would have been now you would think to do probably, but yeah, back then that wasn't a, that wasn't in the common vernacular of practice to fucking fix a, a wet electronics, oh, <laughs> which does work. Have you ever used that? Have you ever done that before? That actually that fucking blows my mind that it works. It. it works. I- I don't think I did,
0: but I knew about it. Like, I knew about it enough to know, like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. But I, yeah. I guess I took care of, like, the few NES games I did own. I, like, took fucking good care
1: of them. Well, I don't mean for a Nintendo game. For phones. Have you ever done that for, a, like, uh, a, oh, yeah, a phone in water? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it, absolutely. It blows yeah. my mind that it works. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we do have an, o- an Ohio appearance in here, at least, if, if there's nothing else to talk about in these letters the, on the writing prompt ones. There's an, uh, one from Aurora, which is the home of the SeaWorld Ohio location until it's closing in 2000 oh, okay. uh, did you ever go there as a kid no SeaWorld? never did i no. i only
0: i feel like no i take the back not the one in ohio i went to like the one in florida as a kid okay.
2: yeah
1: yeah i definitely went there at least once or twice and i have vague memories of getting wet and shit sitting in the you know fucking crowd
0: i will say it's it's actually very interesting the one in here where they're talking about Nintendo helping, like, this woman's son's eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah, I'm the, fucking amazing. That's incredible,
1: dude. yeah. The, the, it's a long letter on the second page falling outside of the purview of the writing prom. So, yeah, I definitely yeah. have this to talk about. This one is awesome, yes. So, it's, a, uh, the mom is writing in to tell us about her son. So, her son was legally blind since birth, right? Mm-hmm. And he really, so he, they were able, they did tests and stuff, and they were able to tell that he, he struggled to be able to see moving objects unless, uh, up very close to them and then even in that case they had to be moving relatively slowly for him to be able to track them so they they had this existing knowledge and at age three which is young as fuck to get a Nintendo either period and I don't give a shit yeah. what your disability might be uh, or if you don't have one at all but his grandpa buys him an NES at age three and he plays this And like you know how how does it uh, I mean he's only three so he's not even listening to anyone really yet, probably but like you know the parents are probably pessimistic about his ability to engage it. Yeah. I mean, I, at least that's my expectation. That's like I hope
0: something. he has fun here. I don't right, even know. Right? Yeah. If yeah like, so, work. so yeah, I,
1: I struggle to see them beyond the first day of opening. It really pushing it, even you know. But whatever the case, however, however it happens, he engages it enough to to he ends up playing the shit out of it. And a year later, they have his vision tested for school, and they learn that the muscles in his eyes had strengthened significantly. From the constant, like, tracking of movement on the screen, you know? That, you know, he's probably fucking, like, up against the fucking screen almost, Mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah, so his his eye muscles had strengthened enough that his vision had gotten considerably better in just that one year of playing it. And, yes, that is just an incredible fucking story. And, yeah, the kid. So the kid is absolutely obsessed with Nintendo, vision improvement aside. And... By his mom's claim, anyways, his dream is to go to the University of Washington and work for Nintendo developing games. That's like a four-year-old kid's dream, Uh, you know. And, of course, this is by his mom's interpretation. Who knows how much that's actually... Self-generated, but whatever. Either way, fucking incredible. I, I I, I started googling on. I wanted so badly to find this. Right? And, and, yeah. And, Did and, he ever and, make it to exactly. you Exactly. If, if he there? actually became a game developer, I, I don't know if I, I might have had to quit the podcast or something. Yeah. I don't know. Are, are
0: you like, like Julie Snipes' son? If you're out there, and so <laughs> let's grab coffee. Let's yes. talk about it. I, you yes, the
1: absolutely. Let's talk about your fucking career in video games because that would be the greatest documentary biography, oh, uh, at least in my view, that I could oh, ever yeah. possibly make. <laughs> <laughs> there's. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. There's. I so I. How did I find him? I don't remember how I found this. I, I found there's. So there's a kid. He's actually. In, I think he's in Ohio. But I found this kid who. He's not a kid. He's a young man that. Legally blind, also, but like not. I mean, like blind cannot. Cannot see uh not even it's not a partial vision thing and he learned to took interest and learned to become a sports broadcaster like a color commentary. not obviously not the play-by-play mm-hmm. but a color commentary sportscaster so playing off the play-by-play man's work basically he's able to bring valuable Sports commentary to a two-man bro- two-person man two broadcast what? of sports events. And yeah, baseball in particular is, is his favorite. So, yeah, I found this kid. And, like, I mean, I dude, I saw the story, and I was, like, immediately, like, fucking. Wow. And I, So I find it right. I'm, like, we got to do it. This is a documentary and a half. Like, I want to. Let's talk, you know. kid, super receptive, and it happened right. I found this kid right at, around COVID. Oh, I was about I to say, pandemic, I'm sure. Yep. yep. And yeah, oh. so I, it, it, you know, I need to, I actually need to follow up on it. Uh, that, that would be fantastic. I got fucking not working right now. Anyways, that'd be a perfect thing to be working on. But the, yeah, so I mean, he's super enthusiastic too. I mean, the kid reaches out to me periodically about it. He's like super enthusiastic about this. He, you know, works with the foundation too. So he's trying to get the foundation out there. Like it's fucking just incredible story. And yeah, it's good, dude. The kid is good. Like he's able to, again, he's playing off the moment to moment. Shit, the 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 play by play guy is 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 feeding him or feeding the audience, and yeah, just so impressive. To,
0: Gotta have incredible listening and
1: right skills, like just yeah, wow, oh, it's amazing. amazing, 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 really cool story. So yeah, so this same vein to me, same same idea, and just really fucking cool. So awesome shit. They are now issuing a new letter prompt in here, asking readers to write in with stories about having gone to great lengths to acquire a game. And they cite <laughs> examples like camping outside stores, which, you know, I wouldn't even have guessed. I guess Dragon Warrior had been happening in Japan, so maybe that's where they're getting that. But, like, they don't – it's not really a th- – I wouldn't think yeah. it's – say it's Is really thing a thing back then. Yeah, at point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, give it 10 years and, yeah, people,
0: absolutely. For sure. Like, I for still sure. remember – still remember being in New York when we were acting – working like one of those marketing gigs for one of the Call of Duty releases, like outside of a GameStop at midnight and them selling like the amount of people I was like,
1: holy shit, yeah. I gotta get especially Call in, of Duty, especially in NYC too. <laughs> like I it's yeah. one thing to camp outside on the sidewalk in bumblefuck, whatever. You know, it's a whole nother to this is down do. by in right. like underneath some scaffolding, yeah. like just fucking rats <laughs> and shit everywhere. Oh gross. And people are hype, s- just yeah. hyped as fuck. Crazy, crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> Yeah, that, traveling long distances, et cetera, et cetera. So we shall see if the readers do better with those stories than we got here. And the last in the player's poll section is Video Spotlight. And this is its kind of cool. It's a a grandfather writing to tell the story of how he and his five-year-old grandson get down on NES shit together, which is pretty cool, nice big age gap there. And he does a semi-creative spin on the actual writing by not revealing their age gap.
0: Yeah, yeah. Until the That's very nice.
1: end, and he goes through all the ways in which, leading up to that reveal, how the kid is, how the, the the other his other player is more, is better gaming aptitude, you know, with him. How he shows him all this shit and stuff. So pretty good, pretty good, yeah. um, creative choice in the writing. And the first game feature comes in hot after that. A six banger on rare Solar Jetman, and I think this really showcases. How much this game has going on, which I have been stressing as we speak about it, as we've seen a few appearances here and there uh, as previews in previous issues of magazines. And granted, I will give a full disclaimer here that Jab had this card. I have reclaimed it for my NES card collection as an adult. Mm. I definitely have some nostalgia built into all of my opinions about this game. But I think I picked it up and fucked with it even more for this episode, and I think it's a good game, no matter how much nostalgic spin you could say I'm trying to put on it. Uh, did you fuck with it at all?
0: Uh, this game is a nope for me still. It's just not, I don't, I don't know. It's just not my jam. I just, there's a lot going on, but it's still just like, I don't know. It's one of those games that if you gave it to me, not gave it to me, but if you rented it for me, I'd, you know, give it a good go of it. But I don't know. Did I you just, Did you get out of the first level?
1: No, I did not get out of the first level. You got. I don't think I. 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 I would speculate you did not fully experience. Well, I know you didn't then experience the full game loop, and I think that is critical. Hmm. Understanding and actually executing that is critical to enjoying the game. Because yes, if you if you're just flying around shooting shit. You're gonna it's be like, man. Give me a better flying you know? shooter. Right? Yeah, yeah. No. That part of it is not at all the fun part. It's scavenging and finding the things and the the hauling mechanics. Did you haul anything back to the ship? Uh, I don't remember hauling uh, anything. The, then yeah, you didn't. You didn't, even, you didn't even begin. I think I said this exact thing last time that Probably we talked so. about this. You did not <laughs> do, <laughs> because you did the not exact do, same.
0: Yeah. I, I forget the game that it is, and I'm like, all right, this looks like I got it going on, and I get into, it, I'm just like, man, no. Like, yeah, that's that's, right, that's a,
1: yeah. you haven't even begun to engage the game loop thing because that's what it all is. Like The enemies are just distractions to slow you down and keep you from hauling shit back to the main mothership, you know. So, yeah, that's a critical part of it. And then also the upgrade tree, which you also are not going to be able to engage okay, until you get to enough. go to the store between levels and begin to upgrade your ship and find, like, you know, the first thing you find in the first level is a shield, which you don't have in the beginning. So immediately, the, the first thing you can haul back is the shield, and the shield, you hit down and turn it on whenever you want, or hit down again to make it go away. So when all that shit's shooting you, and some of it can one-shot you if you don't have your shield on, so you turn your shield on, and then you can also bounce into walls and take way less damage. It, you know, make it nerfs a lot of the annoying mechanics that you would get when you first turn it on without that shield. And then the thing is, though, you can't use the shield... While you're hauling something. So. Right. You can either go in and clear everything out. To the best of your ability anyways. Or you have to. Do this kind of jockeying back and forth. Between using the shield to protect yourself. As something like right when it's on top of you. A threat. A bullet or something. And you got to let go of the hauling thing. This is clearly a game that I need like. Clearly, what
0: you're telling me is like is you got to play. The I game need to game fully play too. the game yeah. with an actual like instruction manual yeah. and like yes. making sure. Yeah, you sure. can't just pick this up. And, yeah,
1: no, you know, I, I and like, I totally get that. I mean that you know that I, if, it's 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 weird because it looks like it's not that, but it is kind of you know the same thing. It's in the same level. It's it's a kill quest thing also mm. in that it's like yeah, you I mean you need to. It's there's just enough going on that you you can't just you're not going to be able to do it by just like a, a, a casual just play. going in yeah. got and, it yeah. no wonder
0: because that's exactly what i've done both yeah. times <laughs> yeah.
1: which is a bummer yeah because it's 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 there's just so much going on and it's the the tone too yeah and that's the thing too if you if you don't get out of that first level and experience some of the graphics and just whatever all, all the all the 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 way things are presented to you items and stuff there's a tonality to the copywriting and stuff that is very fun i think and they they do a good job of conveying that here i think they the kind of it's kind of a goofy tone to it they above the feature key art here they have the headline that reads federation of space loonies that's the organization that your guy belongs to you know and they they tell you the the, the story world thing that your your goal as a space junk... like you the the crown jewel of the space junk salvager world is your ultimate goal in this game the thirteen parts of the golden warship which there's thirteen levels that's kind of the ultimate goal of the each level is to get that piece of the warship, which is once you complete it then your actual ship so there's another level after that I think maybe but um, yeah, yeah. Feel, you know, it feels
0: like a giant. Almost like a
1: giant RPG ish. So I'm just like, eh. right? I guess yeah. That's what I I guess what I was getting at with the kill quest thing is it's not. It looks like just this shooter game, but it's much more like a Guardian Legend or something that just that just well, very Guardian Legend, and that Guardian Legend is this kind of Blaster Master game that just has interstitial flying shooter levels. So that's a perfect comp but even yeah whatever just like a a fester's quest or a a willow one of those games where you're just like there's it's it it it's not about you know the whacking shit with swords is the shit you do in between the quest points (laughs) you know what i mean um same thing with this so yeah just yeah just a lot of really fucking cool shit going on So, yeah, the piece starts off with a handful of useful general play tips and great item breakdowns highlighting the number of weapons. If you look at that, too, you can see all the different, I mean, there's different, even before that Golden Warship upgrade, there's multiple just full ships you can get on top of individual ship upgrades for a ship you have at the time, you know. Different weapons, all these, like, homing missiles and mines and just all these different ways that you can implement to, make your hauling environment safer you know what I mean so there's just it it really is so complex and such a unique game in in that regard okay oh and it's rare and thereby David Wise composed so the music is absolute fire That is the Planet Six approach track. So each yeah each planet has a fully scored theme for both the approach cutscene and the and those all have really dope pixel art. And I posted some of those from the level one and level two on the socials as I was playing. But there's that, and there's also very atmospheric space world tracks for the end level part as well. So there's a ton of good music in the game, as most rare games have. So, yeah, I think it would be a great game episode. There, we have Howard and Nestor next, and they're integrating Maniac Mansion here, and Razor joins them as the three-person party going into the mansion, and it's just Nestor talking shit and Razor serving it back at him, which is pretty cool that it doesn't have to be Howard uh, kind of putting him in his place. In this case, it's Razor, which is, is a little more fun than, than these... Usually are, and after Nestor bumps into a few family members, the green tentacle, the mummy in the shower, and Nurse Edna, he runs outside and gives the hint they dress up with this cartoon, uh, or rather, the the hint hidden that they are dressing up in this cartoon, and it's being able to rip the bush out of in front of the basement window. Which to do that, you have to use the hunkomatic workout machine upstairs first to get <laughs> swole enough to be able to do so, which is. A good hint and uh, a good example of kind of just the wacky game progression tree that game has. Which
0: makes sense because as someone who did not get into that game, like, I didn't, like, the verbiage is weird. She calls him a hunk in hiding. And I'm just like, this is so odd. But, like, yeah. I guess if you get it, it's like, oh, great. But for me, yeah. I'm kind of like, this is fucking weird, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> dude, it's, it's the, I mean, yeah, it's probably, it, honestly, I don't think it's uh, hyperbolic to say it's the weirdest game on NES. It's, I mean, it's. Fair. Fucking just <laughs> <laughs> From the bit I played of it, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I'm like what is immeasurably happening? creative and unique. I mean just so fucking such a good game. Such a such a good game. A rip roaring ten banger on recent ISOH game map alum Little Nemo the Dream Master from Capcom oh. is next. Yeah, and again, would have been great to have this. The <laughs> full <laughs> maps and key locations they're in for every level except the last Nightmare Land, and yeah. Would have been a huge help. I wouldn't have missed the fish in the water level had I had these maps and tips. I feel like I saw this this uh issue sometime before playing
0: Little Nemo as a kid. Because like this, I'm like, yeah, I remember seeing this whole thing, but I'm pretty yep.
1: sure it was beforehand. Yeah. You know? Well that's I like I said, I had not played it and I I think I rented it off seeing this at one point and didn't get into it for whatever reason. <clears throat> Poorly embracing it as you have done Solar Jetman, I guess. (laughs) 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 Counselor's Corner after that, just three titles. Super Mario Bros. 3, Crystallis, Tombs, and Treasure. Super Mario Bros. 3 is an epic one. It is the location of all three warp whistles and how to use them. They mention in the opening that despite these being covered in the strategy guide, counselors have been bombarded with questions about these. <laughs> uh, here, then, is the last word on the warp whistles in Super Mario Brothers 3, is how they put it, which is, uh, to me, i.e., shut the fuck up, kids. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Crystalis has three topics I kept my prying eyes out of because that is a very viable side quest series for us still, I would say. And I, I like- mean, I looked at this and I just thought,
0: There's so much Crystallis here definitely going to pin this page if I decide
1: to dive in at some point in the future. Yes, that's smart because there it is like I mentioned it is a it's more complex than Willow for sure and and just generally speaking I think a very complex game. So yes, we would definitely want to have these to refer to in the event we engage. Tombs and Treasure gets three of its own as well, including an entire page for one of them which we have never seen for a single hint that I can recall. And this is to answer the question, how do I advance to the next experience level? And that, oh my Jay, yes, is a scary ass question to need so much copy to answer.
0: <laughs> just that with the screenshots. I'm like, this is clearly a PC first yep. type of game. And yep. no thank you on the NES. Just hard, hard stop.
1: Yeah. Like, it is it's a yeah, it's a port of an Infocom PC RPG adventure game, and the screenshots, yes, yeah, support that to the max. Point and click <laughs> UI, Windows, yada yada. It's not out till summer ninety one, so we don't get into it now. Uh, and I suspect, thankfully. But Infocom is it's the Fallout people. They're good RPG makers, so mm. you don't want to say that it's dog shit for sure, but it's in, inherently gonna be in a less than optimal UI. There's no question about yes. that. For a console, yes, for right. sure. So we have our four counselor profiles at the end, and uh, whether as always, and holy shit, we just hit a quadfecta here, Jay. All four of these cat daddies are sporting pristine mullets. Mulletopia. Well, yeah, you we might have. Call it. Yes, yes, you might. The we have Sir Brian Anderson, and he has a Doogie Hauser mullet. We have Sir Kirk Starr with a Marty Janetti mullet, and then we have <laughs> <laughs> we have yes. Sir Lee Douglas, and he's got a John Stamos mullet, and lastly Sir Sean Bloom with a competing Marty Janetti mullet. Yes. So, while not four uniquely standalone mullets. They do all have good ones. And Jay, tell us about your favorite Malt Counselor here. I mean, I I don't know
0: if it's my favorite, but I will say straight up, I'm calling bullshit on Kirk Starr. Like, he did not. (laughs) Like, are you telling me you beat Mega Man 2 with one life? Like, explain what you mean there. Because he mentioned it as his favorite game. That's what he beat. That's his best NES, NES accomplishment. So I'm like, was that the only game you played? Like, is that the only game you had for like months and months on end and you just perfected it? Like, what I need more information here.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't I don't really even think Kirk or Lee are competing, to be honest with you, in this <laughs> in this particular competition. Yeah, they're basic bitches. Yeah, they have the same game <laughs> for their NES accomplishments and their favorite game. That's terrible. They and do have the best
0: mullets though. Like the Marty Gennetti, I think that is the <laughs> perfect, <laughs> the perfect. Way to describe.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I, I it's to me it's between the doggy, the doggy, the Doogie Hauser, Hauser mullet, and then uh, Marty Janelli mullet number two in my book. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So uh, Doogie has tossin', and that's with an apostrophe, not tossing yeah. 9-G, <laughs> frisbees in his hobbies, right after listening to Van Halen, and that's a pretty legit hobby list to me. Right? Uh, yeah. That tossing is Tossing frisbees,
0: some, listening to Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
1: fucking great. And then his best NES accomplishment is that he's mastered over 250 games, so he's a real big swinging dick, this guy. Okay. Um, okay. And I also think you have to respect how buttoned up the business in the front is on his mullet? Yes, dude. yeah, yeah. It really allows the party in the back to soar, in my in my opinion. So it's, yes, it's, the
0: others just kind of let it go, however yeah. it's going. But he's he's very much like, no, no, business, yeah, it's, it's, true it's, business in yes, the front. Man. The most
1: compartmentalized, I guess, is a good way to describe it verbally. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very they're very di- uh, diametrically opposed uh, mullet components. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think I think ultimately I'm gonna go with Sean Bloom here. He has making movies listed in his hobbies. Okay. His best not not watching them, making them. So, okay, show me your movies, bro. Like mm-hmm. give me a. Fucking tell me what's out there. <laughs> like give me something to you too, man. I want to know. Uh, his best accomplishment is finishing Adventure of Link with a single life. And then his favorite game is Final Fantasy. So okay. Sean clearly respects storytelling between those two games and the making movies hobby. And I respect him for that. And then his mullet has probably the most pizzazz out of any of them, I would say. Yeah. Uh, it's just a very... A lot of curls going on on both parts of it. There's just a lot going on there. (laughs) He needs to work on the business part in the front, like a little trim it up. Yeah. So, you know, I think he wins on maybe that just standalone. But also, Sean has a modern presence that is findable. And his current website, it's seanbloom.com. Very easy to find. He has become quite a successful web developer and remains in the Seattle area, Jay. At the very, very bottom of his resume on his site. It's a mere footnote in a short paragraph titled "Additional engagements include." It says he was a level five customer service representative at Nintendo of America. So, you know, he doesn't even he doesn't even call it a game. He counselor. doesn't even
0: say a game console. Yeah, like, I don't I don't know what,
1: what's up with that. Like, I don't was it is it, did he change it because he gets bombarded with morons like us on the internet bugging him about it? Like, what? Hmm. Maybe he was trying to market
0: himself to be more serious as a developer, and that's—I don't know. That's very I, interesting. I yeah, I don't know,
1: man. But I mean, his resume is a mile long now. It's like to okay. me, this would just be a fun anecdote, you know, yeah. to to an otherwise already impressive resume. There's no need to pump himself up at this yeah. early in his.
0: I find at this point people are more interested in stuff like that, like, "Oh, what was that like?" But maybe he's gotten so much it is like, "Dude, just no." Right? Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. Yeah, fuck <laughs> up. Let's talk
1: about my actual work here. That yeah, that's that's my best hypothesis, but. He also has his personal motto on his website, which let me please read this that? for you, Jay. His personal motto is "Don't cry over spilled milk, cry over David Lee Roth's hair." Now, so I don't know. Be inspired, Jay. Hmm. Be are you inspired? Okay. Be inspired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that. I mean, his hair, his hair. I can see where he was inspired there. No.
1: See, I was thinking. I looked at his name too when I first got in here, and I. It sounded familiar to me, or at least I thought it did, and a slight bit more Googling revealed that uh, it's because he was interviewed, which maybe is a testament to what we're talking about. I suppose that he was interviewed by the AV Club in 2015 about his time as a game counselor, and I had found that article. I don't even think you were potting uh, yet. I I think that was like a very, very early thing that I dug up um, Googling around for some shit about game counselors and it's a it's a pretty interesting good read i'll put drop it in the show notes uh, of course but yeah he talks a lot about just kind of you know the vibe uh, of being a counselor real early on at nintendo power so or nintendo headquarters rather so pretty fun nice. we uh hope to see all of you esteemed gentlemen in our next mullet counselor championship playoffs whenever we get around <laughs> to hosting the next one of those here on the isoh uh social channels Another big game feature hits next, a cover feature payoff 9-banger on Nintendo's greatest head-to-head puzzler of all time. And not a Mario game, Jay. Dr. Mario. not going to like, not be a Mario game with Mario's name in it? Like it's, uh, it he's you can not only
0: platforming, he's not jumping, I understand that, but it's called Dr. Mario. <laughs> it's Mario, that's the dude.
1: He's no, in. man. You, if, you, like, if you're if you going to call this a Mario game, you have to call Mike Tyson's Punch-Out a Mario game. You have to call Golf a Mario game. No. He's yeah, not Mar- his,
0: it's, it, it's not called Mario's Punch-Out. He's just a ref. He's just making an appearance. That does not make him. He
1: just big. makes an appearance in this. He's just a. Sp- he's uh, the dude sp- dropping the pills. He's just, he's, his just his a, a, he's just some sprite work on the fucking side of the play area of a puzzler. I OH actually...
0: listeners, who is right here? Is Dr. Mario <laughs> yeah, right let in. us know. We needed a pull po- a poll up. Is Dr. Mario a Mario game? That's a good that, I'll, I'll,
1: Yes, I'll make a note to do that. I will actually do that. Is that's a good poll? That's a great fucking poll, actually. Is Mario a Mario or Dr. Mario a Mario game? <laughs> uh, so yeah, not unlike the Tetris issue and the game feature inside, I was immediately thinking, how in the fuck are they gonna drag nine pages of coverage? out of this very simple single-screen puzzle game. And not unlike the Tetris feature, though, also, they did all right, I would say. There are four pages of table-setting and basic game concepts where they unabashedly compare it to Tetris by name on two occasions, and then the last five are titled Mario's Med School, and they these cover three different large-scale strategy concepts they term Clinics. And those are how to set up a practice field, then integrate into in-depth, how to set up a practice field, then intricate explanations of setting up double and triple matches to better equip you for head to head play where they are critical for your ability to compete, Jay. This is I cannot stress this enough. That's the thing too. If you haven't played a bunch of head to head of this, you just there's just no way to even understand what is the really What's fun happening? part of this of this game. Then they close it out with a board exam of four virus situations and give you multiple pill options to complete them for doubles or triples with. So it's like brain teaser style, very cool mag idea, like almost a game kind of thing, you know. Which I is-
0: like it, but also this seems like so intense. Like
1: this feels like a homework assignment. Like what am I doing? Like I got
0: to take a test here. <laughs> this, yeah, well, do I put the show this game and even in the red pill? Pill? And I was like- How do you stack them? Like what is? that? Yeah. I feel like yeah, I unless need to you read and, all of this, right? <laughs> unless
1: you, I think. Either take the time to replicate it on another piece of paper in some way that you could draw stuff on, or I guess you could draw on your your own Nintendo Power, or actually cut them out and play with it visually. That you know, that'd be one thing too, which uh, you know, would make probably a lot of uh, a kid that still had that issue, while fun to look at and fun and a lot of nostalgia, really bum you out that you trash your Nintendo Power like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, they also challenge you to pull off a quadruple match, but with the caveat that you are more than likely never going to make it happen during actual competitive play. And I can't recall ever hitting one, so that checks out. Um, Other than that, though, I was sad to find that there isn't anything in here that learnt me, Uh, Mm. whereas that Howie drop um, in the Tetris stuff actually had some Tetris shit that I did not know, so... Uh, maybe I, I, I'm probably. I mean, it may make sense in the sense that I am, uh, no question, a more developed Doctor Mario player than a Tetris player. Like I played a lot of Tetris on Game Boy, so it's not like I'm a Tetris idiot. Yeah. But I have, particularly in head-to-head play, which is always more challenging than a one-player situation, uh, have played the shit out of Doctor Mario. So
0: yeah, much more of a Tetris guy. Even like the newest Tetris, like the one that's on Xbox and everything. Not Tetris Ninety Nine, like that one was like man, but like the. I can't remember what
1: the new one's called, but that one is a blast because of different game modes. Yeah, give me give me Tetris all day, dude. That VR one is stellar. Have you played that one on Quest yet? It might be the uh, same no. ver- iteration. I think in it's in the VR. same version. Yeah, but yeah. in VR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I honestly, saw it there. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I wouldn't. You know, that's. It's not. It doesn't really embrace VR as much as it probably should. I don't think that iteration, but it is a very polished, clean version, and it is. There is like they do do some window dressing on it that make it. You know, recognizing that you're in VR. Like, the actual game yeah. is kind of still just a still board there. in front of you. But, like, your transitions between levels and the music kind of, like, pulsing. or the, the visual yes. what it's called. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that is that is the one on VR for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's pretty cool. It's, I think, kind of pricey at 30 bucks for what it is. But it does have a lot. Of, I mean, it took me. I, I had that game for a couple of years before I finally got around to beating it. It is quite a bit of content, I suppose. Um, and there's a multiplayer thing you can play as much as you want further uh so yeah so dr mario though it's a, a great game that i did not really come around to until adulthood so that's even more that's you know i did not as much as i have played it as an adult i do not have like that's all been as an adult i didn't really hmm. embrace this at all as a kid neither myself or jab had the nes version as kids. Although I do believe he had the Game Boy version eventually. So we played it some, but but not okay. a ton. Um, it's borderline crack, man. I said this last time. It's borderline fucking crack. The two instances of this, I testaments to this in my life that I can cite. Uh, there, uh, many, many, many years ago, my uncle bought my grandma, his mom, an NES. I think I've told this story to some degree before. But she probably had a few other games, uh, SMB and such. But anytime I ever went over to her house and saw that Nintendo... It had Dr. Mario in the console, pushed down, in the lock position, with the cart door wide open for all to see. Always. No exceptions. So, <laughs> that's all she played. <laughs> nice. Good you job, know. Grandma. Yes. Get it. So, there's that, and then Amy fucking loves this game. She will initiate us playing it, and play for as long as I will tolerate playing it. I am not joking. Wow. She's like a, she's like a crackhead. She'll just say, again, again. I will finish the level, and she just says, again. And, like, she just will not, she will, uh, I'll try, like, Are no, you- we fucking played a million times. Again, 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 again. She wants to wants <laughs> Are to play you
0: emulating now. or OG hardware switch? Like, uh, or yeah. Well, well, that?
1: I have the. I bought her the cart for Christmas, like a full CIB copy, actually. So I have a okay. full CIB copy of it. So we played on the original. Yes, we played that way. We did play it before I had done that. We were, and I still had Switch Online. We would play on the Switch Online version. But I would say that is a poor choice because the. I don't know, maybe with the better controllers, the pro controllers, it's not as bad. I can't recall if it was better or not, but I know the Joy-Cons are horrific for Dr. Mario. Oh, I don't yeah.
0: I don't play any of those Switch games. I use the yeah. the I got the legit NES controllers right. for
1: every NES online game yeah. cuz it's
0: just not the same, man. The yeah. smaller buttons you can. Yeah.
1: And and it's the high level can't. Dr. Mario play in particular does like sliding stuff in from the side. And oh, with those joy cons, you, you yeah, you money. can fuck yourself so bad with those, so trying to do that shit, so, yeah, it's critical to have the right controller, but yeah, I mean, however uh, we can, I guess is the answer to that question, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very good, and I mean, I, it would be tough to do as a game episode, but just some sort of like fun jam session, I think would be a really good, really fun thing to do for us
0: all right, all right,
1: um, and yeah, the, the, uh, Probably cited before, but it goes back to that ability to drop unwanted extra pills hmm. into the opponent's bottle by way of those combos. That that's oh why yeah, that's why they're teaching you those, dude. And it, it fucks you for two reasons, man. It's like it's it's one, the pills drop at a random horizontal position that you can't affect during their fall. They so, just land there. Yeah, they're so like, they can <sighs> land and fuck up a, a sequence you're trying to build, and then you have to same in Tetris. Kind of you have to adjust your strategy to make that go away to get back to what you were doing before. Mm -hmm. So there's that aspect of it. And two, they fall slow as fuck. And this is actually the worst part about it. Like you can fucking, the other part, the first thing is not nearly as annoying as the fact they fall so slow. So it only further magnifies your annoyance of watching it go to a place you don't want it to go to. (laughs) So yeah, it's just, you know, and, and while that's going on, your competitor, the person who dropped them into your bottle is not slowed down. So you're watching them keep chugging along, you know? So it's, it is just, mm. yeah, it, it is a really painful. Watching the train wreck happen. There's nothing you can do about yeah, it. Yeah. It, it's, it's so, 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 so good. It's, it, it, it why, it's why I think it obliterates Tetris and the fun factor in, in, hmm. in that regard, because it's just such a painful competitive strategy you can implement, you know? Um, and, and it's also, I think, because like Amy's fucking, savant level of Tetris and we play that head to head and she just whips my ass. I, I, I can't, I cannot compete in that, but this I'm better at Dr. Mario. I think that's hard to argue, but even being savant level in Dr. Mario, you can get your shit trashed by the player. The other player, stringing enough shit together, combos and stuff. That you just don't have a chance to get going, you know. So it's like it's it's a more level playing field, I think, competitively okay. than Tetris is, uh, which is another I think advantage, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, it's like I said, we it, it's a game app. I don't know. Like we we've done Zoom, we've done Dig Dug, so it's not that it would be unprecedented, I think. Uh, but I think it would be tough, um, but not due to the quality. The quality of the game 100 warrants a game episode, uh, even if maybe the content itself does not. That is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, scene 2, part 1, theme... Getting us back into Nintendo Power 18, and we start this second section with special feature Game Boy, or a special feature on Game Boy, and they are covering Ducktales, Robocop, NES Play Action Football, and a handheld Dr. Mario that I mentioned we had. Uh, we also had NES Play Action Football; Jab had that as well when we were kids. Nice. Um, I don't
0: think I had either. I didn't have any of these Game Boy games. Like,
1: obviously, NES play,
0: play action football for the NES, but like, as a Game Boy game, I didn't have any of these.
1: It was very different on Game Boy than it was on NES. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily bad, just like they didn't. It wasn't at. It wasn't the angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was different. Yeah. Uh, they went straight north south yeah. for the orientation for some reason or other. more focus on simulation, though, too. So, yeah, not a bad game at all. Just different. Um, it doesn't hit till December 34, 31st, um, but that's close enough to the October drop, the NES version, to call it somewhat simultaneous cross-platform release, and I don't think you see that very often yeah. back then, um, though I guess we're getting that with Dr. Mario too, to some degree. Um, or wait, no, that's what I'm talking about there, not any Special Football, sorry. <laughs> 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 They've introduced, or also introduced, a new aspect to the Game Boy section this time, a classified information dedicated to strictly Game Boy games, and then they bring back... The coming soon's and top 10 page here as well. The top three are Super Mario Land, Gargoyle's Quest, and Batman. And they then go absolutely balls to the wall on Konami's latest installment to their Cornerstone franchise, Castlevania 3, with a 20 page feature. Might be the wow. biggest in Nintendo Power to date. It sounds like it, man. That's yeah. a
0: lot of freak. I was like, page, and then another page, and another page. Right, I was like, yeah.
1: Damn. Yeah, you were talking about you're like getting into it. You're like, well, I'm fucking blowing right through the first whatever part of the magazine, I'm like, yeah, the first two sections of this magazine are wildly deceptive as far as, like, <laughs> games to cover, you know? because Mostly because of this 20-page feature for just one game. Uh, that is, in addition to the back of the fold-out poster being a map of, Kursle, of Curse Castle, Dracula's Lair, too. So there's a little bit more content on top of the 20 pages. And speaking of that poster, the flip side is some Mega Man 3 Illustrated artwork featuring all the baddie robots and Doctor Wily's Krang-like giant robot vehicle. Mega Man himself is nowhere to be found on that art, and I thought that an interesting choice. But cool, it's a very cool poster for sure. And they have a bunch of really dope artwork in this Macabre Palooza, the Castlevania piece, and the copy is just as lit. Uh, A few things worth reading: Go forth, destroy Dracula with the knowledge of a master. And they are referencing the fact you can take different paths to drag this doorstep in this game. And there are at least three they highlight here. And they kind of they title them or label them by the level of difficulty they present. The first one is for apprentices. This path is the shortest and lets you enter the castle at the midway point. And then we have four devotees, and this allows you to choose Alucard as your companion spirit, but is a longer path. And we'll get into the different spirits and why that's uh, a good thing um, here in a second. But the last one is for masters, the most difficult way to the castle. It will also start you in the lowest level. So mm. just that fact alone, very, very cool. And that there's that much, I guess, variance to and replayability, you know, to, to the game. But where you can start it is different. That's That's pretty new or a new thing that you don't I don't know if we've seen in many if any games and also here on the first page they explain what they meant by choosing card that there are companion spirits you can meet as you go through the game to join you and they explain that these are pretty high stakes in that you can only have one sidekick at a time and when you dismiss one in favor of another there's no way to go back to them so it's a permanent choice to get rid of someone And yeah, between those two things like that is on top of being able to start at different places, you can, as long as they're available to you based on where you started anyways, you can use any number of combinations of those companions as you go through the castle too. So, you know, they have mechanics that completely change how you are able to, to traverse the castle and interact with the enemies and yada, yada, yada. So just a lot of content here, I think. For an NES game,
0: yeah. Just looking at the layout here and all of that, just seems like a large ass game. Like this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wouldn't even consider tackling tackling a game like this without a spread because it's like I, I don't, I don't think I'll ever finish it.
1: Although I don't know, it's it's still probably it's not so. And I, I mean, I guess this is speculative. I haven't played this game very much, but. I suspect, and it looks like to me anyways, that similar to... I mean, Simon's Quest actually has you backtracking. And I don't think there's a lot of that here, you know. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not Metroidvania-y. I think it's much more... Like, yes, there's different paths, but it's just much more like Castlevania 1. You just keep plotting along, you know what I mean? Okay, that'd be better. I'd appreciate that more. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's still plenty of perks to using the fucking guy, but
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this... Castlevania is just one of those games that, like, obviously played through the other ones. Like, as a kid, it just seemed like there was always a random Castlevania or Castlevania 3 arcade game somewhere, you know, because we traveled a lot. And so I would definitely play it here and there. I just, I played so much of it. It's like, they all just kind of run together at some point for me, you know? I'll
1: I'll give you
0: that. They are. I'm like, which one is this one? Is this four? Is this three? Is this the one? You know, it's
1: like... (laughs) I mean, I played enough of Simon's Quest, that that one stand, and I have this weird affinity for it because of the RPG mechanics, even though it's not the greatest game, you know, beating a dead horse. I'm talking about that, but... I don't know. The story world intrigues me so much. You know, I'm sure I talked about it. I, I remember talking about this when we did the game episode on the first one. Like, the story world interests me so much. Like, I... I am surprised that I did not embrace them and engage them more because, on the surface, they have all the things that I should like. But yeah, there's, I don't know if it was just some subconscious, the rigid play mechanics or something yeah. about that rose me the wrong way. Yeah, there's just something that kept just me the off up and down the kids. stairs,
0: whipping the things. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it reminds me, it just makes me think of like, a worse mechanic-style game than Ninja Gaiden. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think of those... For, in my mind, I think of those two games in the same type of vein. Like, the right. platforming, but, like, I like the stories better there, and I like how you get your power-ups and stuff better than, like, I gotta keep whipping these things and, like, whipping walls to try to find the secrets and things. Not that it's not yeah. a good game, but there's just... I don't know, it just blends together for me and doesn't really stand out amongst other games at that time. That's at least my experience, because I've played a bunch of these, and I'll pick it up, and I'm like, all right, this is just like the last one with the little tweaks or whatever, you know, yeah. but not enough to, like, really keep me engaged. Yeah, I mean, I can't,
1: take. Yeah, I can't really say my pre-existing opinion or childhood opinion was much different, but, you know, playing that, I, I really did enjoy it. I mean, the, the first one was fucking great, you know, so... Mm-hmm going back to that kind of, while branching, still linear style from from the second one, from Simon's Quest, does appeal to me, and I mean, I know this game, you see all the fucking power meter ratings and shit we see for it, it's off right. the charts, so yeah. I doubt that it's bad in any way, shape, or form, you know, so, I, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I picked up and fuck with it too, and it's, it's, yeah, I was, it's good, <laughs> very, very good, yeah. Cool. The uh, piece here has all the customary shit screenshot, maps, item keys, enemy approach, recommendations, yeti yada, yada, play tips. But they also have some really cool game specific layout additions that are worth getting into. They cover each of the playable characters, so we can kind of talk about each of those. There's Trevor Bel- Belmont's talked about uh, as well, a bit of the backstory and a breakdown of the special weapons available to them. So, two of the other three a pirate named Grant Dynasty and Dracula's son. Alocard, which is its own interesting, fun thing. That is Dracula is spelled backwards. That's also kind of beaten the course <laughs> as far as Caspanier lore goes. But they must be tangled with as a boss battle before they'll join up with you. I think that's kind of cool. That's a cool you aspect. Yeah, fight them to get them to join you. They want to like you to prove your medal before they'll go to battle with you. That's cool. And for some reason, though Siffa or not some reason, they explain why. But the the one, the magician character Siffa Belnades, I think is the how you'd pronounce that probably was captured by a cyclops and turned into a statue so you needn't battle him you just got to frag his capture the cyclops to get him so even that's not just like a uniform thing. So, okay. Some cool variants there. They're also a little blurb styled as being written on worn parchment titled Lore of Great Vampire Hunters. And these contain a range of information, often deep cuts of game mechanics, but also more abstract shit like Castlevania franchise history and quantification of player character defense metrics. And the history one takes us through the story world's progression through both the previous titles, of course, but also Castlevania the Adventure on Game Boy. And I thought this was cool... Because I don't think there's been much effort to date to link story worlds across mu- multiple titles spanning different platforms yet. You know what I mean? Like, this is an early, interesting yeah, early sure. step on that road of like game universe building that uh, seemed notable to me. An interesting note, I clocked in in uh, one of the latter ones of these, the difficult items and one-ups blurb. After you beat the game, you will have the option of restarting with another play with the character you finished the previous play with which means just furthering that replayability stuff is you can play early stages with those characters abilities and reach things you could not without them so i mentioned you have to play Uh. the one level to play to get alucard right you have to start further back in the dungeon so if you played the the short version didn't have, or even, uh, that doesn't matter. You wouldn't be able to do that. But if you played, if you get him, you didn't have him for the very beginning of the game. You get him later on after you start. So you could go back, play the game, and play those parts with that character's abilities. And that's really cool, I think. That is. So, yeah, yeah there's a, a lot, a lot, a lot going on. And it's 100% on my bucket list, this this game. <laughs> so, yeah, I have near zero experience, and it'll be a completely new play to me. So, uh, I think it's... Um... I don't know, you know any any early pre-game debate thoughts on that outside of just your lack of pre-existing knowledge. Do you, are you open to discussing that? Uh, Since there's not much know, else to man. talk about in this section. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is like I said, it just did you pick it up and play it this time?
0: No, Castlevania oh. as a series just doesn't get my juices going anymore because I played it so much. Again, as a kid, like somehow I always was whether it was an arcade or like rented or somebody house, like I was always getting another, the next Castlevania game thrown into my lap, like, all right, I guess I'll just play this right now. And I just, I don't know, man. I, this might have been the one. Three sounds about the one that I played. I played, like, one level, and I was like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good on this series. So, I don't know. It would have to be a hard, hard sell for me okay.
1: To, okay. to get okay. into this. Okay. Foreshadowing. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Evil stalks you once again in Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse gift of transformation, and become the vengeful ancient ghost pirate, or the son of Dracula who defies his father's fiends, or the mystic warlord with a cloak of magical powers, but never the same adventure in the 17 worlds of terror of Dracula's curse. end of the Dracula's curse sweepstakes today. That is a 1990 U.S. market commercial for the aforementioned Castlevania 3 Not a ton of production value, I would say. In between the game no. footage of each of the companion characters, you go through. They cut to the same close-up shot of a cloak hood against a static night sky, and the face appearing in it each time as an actor superimposed, some cheap distortion effects applied to it. So yeah, it's not not a lot of busy work on, on that fucking uh, on that storyboard. <laughs> So we start on the last section of this Nintendo Power 18 with the top 30. And there is a lot of nepotism in the top 10 in this issue. We have Super Mario 3 and 2 are both here at spots 1 and 7. Oh, yeah. Both Ninja Gaidens are back-to-back at numbers 5 and 6. And then both Zelda games at 8 and 9. And it uh, rounds out with Final Fantasy at 2. Mega Man 2 at 3, Tetris at 4, then TMNT, the original one, at 10. Solid top 10. Solid yeah, top it 10. Is, yeah, it's good. It's good. But uh, it is it is kind of like, uh, I was just writing a cover letter talking about favorite films yesterday for something, and it's kind of like saying Citizen Kane is one of your favorite films. It's like, yeah, everyone knows that's good. That's not <laughs> it doesn't say shit about you.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like this is also just representative of the time. Like, you had the top games... And their follow-ups is kind of dominating, and then like the second half, you know, the latter twenty, the make it up. Then you kind of have some newer stuff, you know, TMNT two coming in there, Crystallis, you know, Castlevania two. They have have TMNT two at
1: thirteen, so you're super close to some extra sequel action going on there. (laughs) Even though that's not even out till Christmas for the arcade game, so that's crazy. Yeah, and then yeah, we have uh, they also have another huge franchise installment eking in at, at Mega Man 3 and 29. So, yeah, it's a fucking... Oh, I don't know. Deve- really develop, Like I said, developing story worlds here. There's like a, a little bit of a history now to fucking Nintendo, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> you're starting to see like, hey, if you're going to get an NES, you need
0: to get one of these games. you got to yeah. get a Mario, you got to get a Zelda, so on and so forth.
1: In there, we have uh, plenty of Game epilums We have Super C at 14. We have Batman at 15. We have Punch Out only, and we'll talk about that more later. Instead of Mike Tyson's Punch Out at 25, and then Bionic Commando at 30, and titles in here we haven't hit yet, but I think belong in the game at mix would be both Ninja Guidance, both Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Double Dragon 2, Shadowgate, Mega Man One, and then Crystallis on that side quest tip like we just talked about. So, yep. yeah, plenty of stuff uh, worth talking about in here, and then we move into classified info next. They start with a couple rather mind blowing Super Mario Brothers 3 Bowser battle hacks that would have been interesting to have known about for that two part epic game app ep we just laid down. The first is that you can. Did you know about either of these? Yeah, I actually definitely knew about the fire free
0: Bowser trick, okay. but like I don't use it regularly. It's kind of one of those things like I learned about back in the day, like, oh, this is cool, but like that's. Not what I generally I don't, do. I
1: don't, need I don't need this. I don't yeah. need this. <laughs> I'm above this. <laughs> yeah, the first one is you can do this P-Wing exploit in his chamber that glitches his fire attack out of existence, and as well, also two makes you invincible once you've been turned into Small Mario. So you got to get hit, turn into Small Mario, but not you, you can't jump or leave the ground. So the interesting thing about that is it means you have to, you can't get yourself outside of the middle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because then you'd have to jump. And, you know, so it's, I guess, a little bit of a challenge still, but yeah, um, obviously invincible makes it much easier. And the second one is you can fly over the left wall of his chamber and find a second identical Bowser battle. And I don't know if you could do both battles. It doesn't say that. But you could theoretically defeat him with a P-Wing, still active, and then fly over the wall. And do that so I I don't know I don't know if it means you have to like leave the first one entirely or kill and then go I'm not sure but either way it's an interesting little I don't know if you call that a glitch whatever just extra programming code and then though incorrectly labeled anyways as just double dragon they have double dragon 2 and they have a cool trick in here that I recall really liking as a kid and it's it's an infinity lives trick I guess is the simplest way to explain it but you can fight each other and steal lives in that game. Like if you're playing couch co-op. So the door is open to exploit that feature at any time. Like if a player's getting low on life, you kind of just get away from the enemies or finish the enemies off. So you have some fucking clear space to work in and then just kill that other player that's low on life so that player the 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 player that killed him gets the extra life from him and then obviously the other person can come back and just take the life back so that is a really cool way to extend your play life (laughs) in in that game it's
0: interesting too because i just never i never got the appeal of playing like two player b where you can hit each other like i would always right whenever i I play it's a huge pain in the ass yeah yeah, if you don't know about this this? it's just just a pain in the ass i'm just choosing to not Let's turn off friendly fire. Like, why would right. I not, you know what I mean? I don't want to accidentally kick you when there's all kind of right. madness going on, on the screen. It's right. ridiculous.
1: Which, yeah, Nintendo does not offer you the nuance necessary for that to feel good when that happens, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I agree with that, but, you know, here's, here's the counter argument to it, <laughs> I suppose. Um, it'd be interesting to hear whether, I don't know what the developer perspective was on that. Like, was, did they put this in there because this was there and it gave you that opportunity? Or what, you know? I just don't understand the appeal, you know? Like, anytime I see a game where you can
0: hit each other, it's automatic. Like, I... Somebody explain to me why you like this option.
1: Well, again, if you have, like, a really... Like, a 3D world where, like, it feels good to not do that because you can actually keep yourself from doing it in a nuanced way i think I, I can see wanting to play that way uh if you're some sort of like stickler or whatever enjoy like a little bit of a challenge but yeah and yes it's fucking you, you you're a mad man. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah you can't you fucking it's not yeah uh they also have a correction they're issuing here and i guess they fucked up the continue code in a previous issue so they are like <laughs> a retraction like a newspaper uh the codes are interestingly different depending on which stage you ran out of lives in they Group them in stages one to three, stages four to six, or seven to nine. Each one has a different code you have to do, so that's kind of fun, I suppose. Solstice is also here with an unlimited wizard's code that maybe could have made the game semi playable, in my opinion. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of semi playable.
0: Are are you saying you're going to use this for our next side quest of solstice? Is that what you're saying? Side side quest of
1: solstice. (laughs) it's kind of a wild fucking code, since you actually like this game. You want to read that one for the rest of the kids at the lunchroom table, Jay? You want to read that code for us? That's a sure. fucking bananas code. Yeah,
0: you <laughs> ready to get unlimited unlimited wizards, all you have to do is press B, start, start, B, start, start, B, start, 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 B, start, B, start, start, start b start b start start b start start b b
1: start b start boom (laughs) boom boom (laughs) boom drop the mic walk away (laughs) unlimited lives unlimited wizards yeah fucking great that's a perfect that's it it may all make sense too that's a perfect code for that fucking game (laughs) Uh, new section they're calling now playing comes next and this is a two-page deal To keep track of the dozens of new releases for the NES every month, we've created a new section of Nintendo Power, now playing. Get the lowdown on the latest games available to NES retailers and compare game features by using Nintendo Power's exclusive chart. Here's a look at a few games that will appeal to some game players but won't be covered by featured reviews. So, to summarize, too many new games are coming out to cover thoroughly... So here's a spreadsheet of all the bullshit we don't want to have to really bother with covering and, you know, indulge in these titles at your own peril.
0: <laughs> exactly. And right. I think appropriately, they start with a title which clearly didn't have its full title yet because it just says Digger. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, what is Digger? And you search yeah. for it. Like, oh, it's actually called Digger T. Rock. Did they just right. not know the full name yet? That's that's they how didn't... much effort was put into this, it feels
1: Well, like. that's, you know, it, that, yeah, there's a whole, yeah, This is there's a lot to talk about here for sure. They yeah at the beginning here, yes, that first one you mentioned, Digger. There's what, four other titles. They have tiny one paragraph 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 blurbs about these, but the meat of this is a full page chart of titles that also lists their publisher, play situation, and that's like one, two, three, four players, simultaneous or controller pass, battery save, password save, yada yada yada. Their power meter score, which is divided up into the four categories and the game type genre. And the shit of this is it completely replaces the power meter graphics being present anywhere in the mag. So I kind of mm. I really hate that change that they're not like this visual representation in the game review now. So that sucks to me. But I I like I do like the change of the numbers. With, so instead of meters this analog meter thing, they are now these yes one decimal number integers and it's spread across the four categories graphics and sound challenge play control theme and fun so this means there's nowhere for kids to color in their own rankings next to the mags right which is really suck city I think that's a real shit thing to take away on top of just the cool visual being removed (laughs) um Got to get that book we first saw at the back of the Super Mario Brothers Three strategy guide. I guess the oh, Gamekeeper yeah. Gamekeeper info file, where you can write in your own shit. So I guess maybe hand, these hand-in-hand decisions. Like I like the idea that they're like, okay, we're taking this feature in quotation marks away from our readers, but we mu- so we must present them with an alternative with which to engage our games in this way. You know, so that's yeah. the, I would love the idea that maybe that fueled the creation of that particular uh, mail-in thing. So all the games they've featured already are in here too at least so uh all the data is being aggregated here and we can talk about those numbers of the ones we've of the games we've seen just to get that out of the way solar jetman gets a 73% aggregate with the underlying numbers being 3.9 3.2 3.7 3.8 so they're knocking challenge only really I would say and that is fucking crazy to me because that is a very difficult game so that <laughs> I don't know how much I buy into that, but otherwise they give it, yeah, 3.9 on on graphics and sound, 3.7, three what is that, theme? <laughs> uh, what are the different categories? Got graphics, third. sound, challenge, play control is the third one. Right, play control, and, and then, then theme yeah, and theme, and ch- theme and fun. Uh, so, yeah, so all, all the other ones are nearly fours, so that's pretty damn good. Dr. Mario is somewhat humblingly given a 74.5%. Chief contributing factor there being the lowball graphics and sound at 3.3. And sure, it's just a static screen because of the genre, but I think it all looks fucking great, what's there, you know? So, I don't know. The music and effects are phenomenal. As I said, we when we first saw it back on the preview thing, that second gameplay track, uh, Chill, I think is the music name, is a top five slapper on the system, <laughs> in my opinion. So, you know, music's fucking great. Three six challenge four point one play control three point nine theme and fun. Uh, I think the challenge and fun are low as well, in my opinion. But whatever. And then Castlevania three gets an eighty three percent with a four two four one four two four one impressive score ratio. Yes, and the plot thickens here. Is this is a tad lower than the eighty six point two five percent I interpreted them giving it on a power meter a couple issues back, a preview or something akin to. Mm. So Maybe it's they not got a huge formation. Right, well, I, I, yeah, I guess excited. that's one argument, but yeah, it's, it's not a huge difference either. But, and there is some margin of error, of course, due to me interpreting those bar graphs for numbers True. prior True. to this. Uh, but I will have my eye on whether numbers stay consistent through multiple appearances happening again moving forward. Uh, whatever the 80-plus percent figure is, they're putting the data on record saying it's a fire game for sure at that cumulative number. And there are 35 titles in total in this chart, so we're not going to go through all of them. But I figure we can start tackling these by going over the games that score 80 pluses or are condemned with sub-50 scores. And on the praiseworthy side, we have the aforementioned Castlevania 3. Uh, then Sunsoft's October release of Gremlins 2 got an 80.5%. And they dropped this back in October for Halloween, so it is fair game. And you know that soundtrack is fire, being Sunsoft. Hence, you are already use one of their tracks, and I will drop another one of them here, the stage 3 theme. And then a big feature is coming up in the next issue or two, so I vote we hold off on game app consideration until after we hit that. But oh. it, it is fair game
0: definitely a sunsoft game with uncle fester vibes like i could get into it i
1: was like yeah okay, it's i think right. it's better than Uncle i think it's better than Uncle fester i mean we'll we'll
0: we'll see we'll see yeah. but it definitely gave those vibes yeah. uh, I, was, I, mean, it's I was sunsoft sunsoft surprise
1: yeah it does not yeah. fuck around yeah it fe- it feels good especially for a top down like there's platform it's like it's got a dino ricky vibes
0: Kind of. And, like, yeah. and like
1: that top down platforming stuff, but it's executed. Which I'm, which I'm good with. So. Yeah, well, it executes <laughs> it infinitely better than Dino Ricky did. <laughs> uh. And then ISOH game App alum Little Nemo from Capcom got an even 80%. That is in yeah. line with our interpretation of the game. And more Capcom love goes to Mega Man 3, who got the best score of the mag with an 84.5%. And that Vax. dropped in November, so it is quietly fair game as well. Now let's fling some shit at Schlock developers. We have Mindscape's Conan described as barbarian action in the genre column. I, uh, barbarian yeah, action. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Got a pretty shitty forty-two percent. And this isn't released until ninety one as Conan, The Mysteries of Time, and isn't really a Conan game. It's a port of a PC game called Myth, History in the Making, with Conan hurriedly stuffed in as a protagonist. Uh, as like a see, reskin of kind those. of idea. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. And it's Mindscape, and they have a habit of releasing other studio feature film adaptions around this time, too. They have a Dirty Harry game and a Days of Thunder game that also have shit scores in here. I was about to say,
0: neither of which I have remotely been interested in. Okay. Did, even you sound
1: good. Did you even try them? No. Absolutely. No? Like, that I
0: Conan w- game? No.
1: Uh-uh. Uh, well, yeah, well, Conan's not out, so I didn't I didn't fire that up. But I, the other two were fair games, so I tried them. Days Dirty of Thunder... Dirty
0: Harry? No. Well, in terms of Dirty Harry, no chance. Like... As a franchise, as a character of like, hey, do you know what Dirty Harry is? I'm like, yeah, pass. I've seen it, like, not in this magazine, but, like, just in general around the time. It's like Dick Tracy. It's
1: like it's like yes, yeah. my, my dad. It's my dad digs that shit. I'm all right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, homie. We'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> I like Clint Eastwood, but I don't need that character or whatever. In the movie, whatever. The movies are, if you want, like, old-feeling popcorn movies. that They're not bad, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, as a video game. Yeah, it's I, I I tried both, and I mean Days of Thunder might have some merit if NASCAR racing is your bag. Like I, you know, the it's got that terrible, which a lot of racing games we have played other ones too that have this, where you start the game and you have to do qualifying before you can even really race other people, and it's like just boringly going around in circles trying to get a good yeah. time, and it's like terrible, terrible, terrible way to try yeah. to get a player invested, you know. Uh I understand the simulation component of it and that's how it works. And I guess maybe again you are a NASCAR fan, you're fine with that, but anyone else is gonna be like, this fucking sucks as a way to start the game, no. you know? No. Uh, and I,
0: I played it back in the day and it was like like a no. Uh, you know, I it's there are a few games that are racing games that stick out of my mind for good, and this is definitely not one of
1: them. Yeah. I don't have any I can't think of any pre existing. I feel like maybe Maybe I played it the Days of Thunder, but definitely not Dirty Harry. But yeah, I did fire Dirty Harry up as well. And this is peak dog shit in the the (laughs) action platforming. It's so bad, dude. It's so, so bad. So these scores are very justified. And then we have INTVs, which is in television, basically, has a game called Monster Truck Rally. They got a piss-poor 45%, but also doesn't come out until 91, uh, September. And the scores for this game around the interwebs are quite glowing, actually. So... I think we are seeing a trend here of developers sending unfinished games to Nintendo. This is what you just talked about with Digger. Getting slapped in the face by these scores, then going back to the drawing board before putting the game out. Which, to me, is really cool and good, you know. But, interesting. And then a publisher called High Tech Expressions has two titles that both got 48.5%, but did not take that feedback to heart and slung their shit game out this year, anyhow. And these are a port of a PC game called Muppet Adventure Chaos at the Carnival. This is as in Jim Henson's Muppets. And I fired this up and it's holy shit, is it bad? It's like, it's four mini games that felt like number munchers, dude. Like, like, yeah. I, like 5.25 floppy disk number munchers in oh, yeah. grade school computer lab. But shittier.
0: (laughs) You you can't bring out number munchers and like do a worse version of
1: it. And just throw the Muppets in there. Don't disrespect the Muppets like that. Right? Come on. Yeah. Terrible. 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 And the other one is called Orb 3D, and this is. There's. It's interesting. It's still terrible, I think, but it's interesting. It comes with pack. It came with pack in 3D glasses, hence the 3D in the name, and they're not essential to play. So you can play without them. And I was able to play the game in emulation without them, of course. But supposedly did enhance the experience and make it feel quasi-3D. And I think it's maybe the last NES game to try this gimmick. And we've seen this a little bit early on. This is a thing Nintendo. Sega so tried it too with the Master mm-hmm. System. Uh, Rad Racer was probably the big one on NES that came with glasses and had a feature. I think you hit, like, select or start or something and, like, turn the feature on in the game. So it also allowed you to play without them, thankfully. But, yeah, I tried this one. And it's kind of weird, but a semi-intriguing puzzler, I think. And, like, I can see how the 3D vibes would make it visually more interesting. Like, your, you hit like your, your cursor on the puzzle's playing field is a spaceship that flies in this pattern that simulates flying at and away from the player POV as it circles what you're highlighting, you know? So if it was fl- if it was in 3D, it would be basically flying out of the screen at you as it does this, you know, and that would be kind of cool, I guess. Uh, but it's, yeah, just not no chance. <laughs> no chance of being like a fully formed game. Uh, it's almost like a, a phone game, you know, that you play for yeah. 10 seconds on the shitter or something.
0: Yeah, that's a, a
1: big, big time now. Big yeah. Time, no. So other release notables that are new for us in here, the maybe the wildest discovery for me was this Destiny of the Emperor game from Capcom. Also, it's Capcom, so you know you should be good, but I'd never heard of it. And this was. Oh, really? Yeah. So you you had played this? I definitely have heard of this game. This is.
0: Uh, yeah. Go go ahead. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, this was yeah. It was released in May of '89, so it'd been out for quite some time at this point. And this is a full-blown RPG that, yeah, never heard of and seems to be very well-regarded, dude. It's, I don't know, I mean, kind of, those thing, those words all being true about it, Capcom, RPG, full-blown, well-regarded, kind of blows my barn doors off that I've never heard of it. <laughs> you know, Yeah, this,
0: when I play this, like, it looks like it could be a solid game, like, it looks like you're picking up a Final Fantasy or a Dragon Warrior 2 with, like... Right. But, like, the graphics are good. Like, the movement seems kind of smooth. I'm like, it's fucking I, Capcom. It's Capcom. Yeah, man. I could get into this, but I'm not investing the time in this. But I really, like, if I had the time and this was like, hey, you gotta play this game, I, I feel like I could really get into it.
1: Yes, I was so floored that I, like, I was like, I... Again, I just like, yeah, everything was presented so well in the beginning that I was like, I was hung with it. You know, whatever, 10 minutes or something. But, like, I hung with it enough to, like, get a feel for it. So... This is, the game setting is Chinese Three Kingdoms era, Mm -hmm. and your party is made up of five military officers. And instead of HP being your primary health metric for these characters that you control, each officer leads a number of soldiers as an army that are at risk in battle. And you do, and the enemies you encounter in the game, like random battles just like you would any other JRPG of the time, Dragon Warrior or Final Fantasy the like. But in the battles, yeah, you're you're the officer just putting at stake and implementing your armies against the armies of these opposing and like parties of armies, like groups of armies. So it's like large scale warfare a representation of that, you know? And yeah, they the battles play out just like in Final Fantasy. Like one hero sprite mm-hmm. attacks one enemy sprite at a time and you know, a, yeah, you got to like put so much more into it than just flip it on and play to oh, yeah. understand, invest and properly engage this game. But I immediately saw that it was like wildly unique. Oh, yeah. And enough polish on it to be able to survive the startup costs probably that you're going to experience playing it, you know. So, yeah, I, I put it on our fucking side quest to be quested list, to at least be talked about, because it there's a lot going on for sure.
0: Yeah, this is this is a game I've I've heard a lot over the years. Like as a kid, like I knew I saw it, but again, it wasn't my type of jam and I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's not why I'm playing games. But now looking at it, I'm like, okay, if if I had the time to invest and really care to, like, I'm sure it would be a good experience. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Yeah, that again, yeah, just like what do you mean this has been out for a year? (laughs) Yeah. How's (laughs) this been out? Well, a year plus it's been out. Yeah, crazy as fuck. Well, in that year we've been playing other RPGs. So We have not- sure, sure, <laughs> but I mean no mention of it. Capcom didn't send over a memo at all. It didn't get a preview. Nothing. It's yeah. It's not like it's fucking you know some sort of fly by night publisher. Like it's fucking Capcom. Like well, they were busy promoting Ducktales right, and but, all the other
0: hotness. Like much Batman, much bigger titles. So this was kind of. Like, but
1: there's a limit to the number of games they can put out a year. So every one of them matters. You know, like I I find it. I don't give a shit. Like yes, you're spending more time on Ducktales maybe, but. Yeah, you have a fixed marketing
0: budget though. Like in that in, in that time frame, you got to put the dollars where you really expect the biggest returns. And I would I would say at that time that market for people who not only like RPGs on the NES, but also would care about That's that true. time frame of RPGs together when you have Dragon Warrior, you know the other games. It's like, sure. eh, they're kind of taking a bet, hoping this works. You know, kind of a thing. That's the way I would look at this. Yeah, but then why
1: even put it out? I don't know. Yeah, there's either way. Like that's a fine justification. I hear you all that, but then why even put it out? Yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's interesting situation. You never know which game's going to hit.
0: You never know mm-hmm. which game's going to hit. You know.
1: I guess. I guess. Milton Bradley has another rare collaboration that hit in December, and yes, this is the Digger T Rock game you you mentioned, and it's got a surname as well, The Legend of the Lost City, and it is an action platformer puzzler that has a little bit of inventory management and relies on your character's ability to dig through certain parts of the cavern play environment to collect treasure in advance and you're shaking your head did you play this
0: yeah it's it's an interesting little game if it was rented for me i would make the best of it but (laughs) it's like that older gen, almost atari kind of feel like it feels a little clunky to me like again like i said if if mom rented it for me i got this for three days I'm gonna make the best of it and try to figure out, but like right now, it just feels a little clunky to like try to get into.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's by no means perfect, and not not bad. Not bad. Not some sort of masterpiece. I fired up though, expecting that name to me reads. It's it's exactly the the other digging game that I (laughs) immediately compared it to my mind before I even turned it on. Uh, The what the fuck was that game called? The oh, what the hell was it called? We both said the same thing. We turned on. We are like, I can't believe this is good. <laughs> uh, it was. There's ads for it in GamePro from some shitty bullshit publisher. Like, I, don't know, I can't remember what it was. But it's also Digging is like the main mechanic in it. Uh, a puzzle game. But, yeah, I mean, it looks good. It sounds good because rare, you know. So, of course, the music is going to be good. And plays pretty well. The Digging mechanic felt pretty good. And, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I expected that it would kind of dig up a little bit of Captain Skyhawk non-flashbacks for you. It, it kind of has that, like, the lower end, like, most of the stuff Rare makes is good. Almost all of it. But there is certainly a gradient to hmm. their good. And this is on the lower end of, by Rare standards, sure. good, I think. So, yeah, I expected you, I was immediately drawn parallels in my mind, you know, uh, to those two games. So I thought, I thought, I was curious whether it would you were going to mention that game or not. But no, yeah, it's un- unexpected to be at all playable, and it was certainly that. Yeah, they bestowed Dragon Warrior 2 a seventy-four percent, and I guess that's roundabouts fair.
0: I mean, the fun they give, they give fun a four, so I get that. You know, right? That's that's solid.
1: Yeah, they always yeah I, yeah I, they've done this with the other RPG. I feel Final Fantasy got kind of the same treatment where they don't they don't grade. It's like they're doing with Doctor Mario. Like they don't grade. The, they grade the graphics in a not in a vac- They grade the graphics against the full playing field and limit it because it's maybe not trying to do as much as a game, an action game. And I don't think right. that is a fair basis by which to well, judge. I would push back and
0: say I think that is fair because if you're like a mom trying to get the game, or you're like a kid, you're just looking at it. Like if if you're not at this point. I'm not looking at genres. You know, if I'm 10, 11, I'm not looking at genre. Like, oh, I want that genre. It's more like, is this game fun? And if I look at it and the colors are great, vibrant, graphics are fantastic. Like at the time, we still cared about bits. Oh, 18-bit. You're not 18. 8-bit, 16-bit. So like that stuff mattered. So I get that. Like if you might look at a certain game, like, eh, this doesn't look as great. Even if you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't really understand how the scale of an RPG and what they're trying to do and pack into the cart, you know?
1: Yeah. All potentially unfair, It's, I it's certainly all subjective. I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 there's, there are arguments to be made for both sides, for sure. hmm We <laughs> have TMNT 2, arcade game in here. It's peaking its head out Woo! for the first time, and it got a 77%, which maybe seems a little low to me. Uh, Definitely I think, seems low. I they, yeah. they are slacking on that one. Couch co-op potential for this. Banger is off the charts, obviously, so plenty to talk about there as far as game app stuff goes. Yeah. Mindscape has a lot of no-effort slot on this list, but there's a port of a PC game going as far back as 83 in here, dude. And this is Mule. uh, M-U-L-E. acronym, And it is a wild-ass turn-based strategy game that... I mean, if you're not playing with a fucking NES controller anyways, if you're playing it on a computer like it's supposed to be, and maybe you have a mouse, it's probably kind of fucking interesting. You are a number are one of a number of alien races that are trying to colonize a new planet with the, and they do this in quotation, so-called, this is the game, copywriter speaking, so-called help of robotic mules, as in donkeys, mules. And I played it for like, I don't know, five minutes. It's fucking insane, dude. You're like, you go to these arenas, you're on this, it's kind of like a strategy resort. Like you're trying to like... I don't know, fucking command and conquer kind of thing. You know, you're like dealing with the other alien leader, alien races, and trying to beat them at colonizing this planet. It's fucking weird as fuck, dude. And I cannot believe they ported it to the NES. I mean, I guess everything got ported to the NES, so that's why, uh, you know, but a very out there concept for NES. It looks NES, so though, for basic sure. and weird. Yeah. I'm like, what? Well, it's, are oh, we 83, doing? 83. Yeah, dude. that's yeah. what I mean. I'm like, what like if if this game was running for me i'd be like mom
0: yeah um, we need to talk about this game selection it's one of you know, like i don't
1: know look at the t. there's something to something about it like i it's a title that i've seen a bunch like and it's it stands out because it's an acronym you know so it's just it's all capital so that inherently makes it stand out you know so like i've seen this a million times and like I don't know what I thought I was going to see when I turned it on, but it wasn't fucking this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just wasn't fucking this. I don't know. It blew my mind. Wow. Uh, so that was an interesting new one here. And we have one more from Capcom. Yo Noid. That hit November. Yo Noid. And yeah, this is a, a really fun and interesting thing to talk about for sure. It's centered around the Domino's Pizza commercial mascot from the 80s named Noid. I will drop the one of the commercials in here. <laughs>
2: Have you ever been frustrated because the Noid ruined your pizza? The Noid
1: loves to ruin pizza. Call Domino's Pizza. We avoid the Noid. We keep the Noid out and
2: all this quality in. Taste the quality Domino's Pizza delivers in less than
0: 30 minutes.
1: And going back and watching some of these commercials, did you take the time to do this, Jay? Did you, this this send you down the a YouTube at all?
0: No, I loved – like I remember – I mean I did, yes. The first time I saw it, yeah, I definitely watched the Yonoi commercial again for okay. sure.
1: They, they have like whole – I'm surprised by how, many of, by how many of them there were. There are a whole compilations and stuff that you can watch. You know, I'll drop links to those in the show notes. But I would call them kind of – which I did not – I didn't remember this like the – <laughs> no, I didn't remember the st- story world of him. Like he's kind of like a wily e. coyote character. Like he's the antagonist. You know, mm-hmm. he's a likable antagonist, and he has bad intentions, but he always is thwarted, and as a result, you have sympathy for him. That kind of endears you to him. Endears yep. you to him. You know. So in, in this case, the Noid is always trying to keep Domino's pies from showing up inside the thirty minute delivery guarantee, (laughs) after which they would be cold, right? So he rides a vehicle called the Pizza Crusher, which causes all your, you know, if you crush the pizza boxes, all your cheese and toppings would be stuck to the inside of the pizza box, and that's also a taboo pizza delivery uh, thing, you know? So it's, yeah, pretty creative, I think, as far as marketing shit goes, you know? And, you know, because it's essentially a commercial, this game should suck. You know, being it's shameless product marketing,
0: but, but it absolutely
1: does not. Right, this but game it's Capcom, is fire. So it doesn't suck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Uh and yeah, it's it, as sure as the sun rises, those things worked out here, and it's a whole hell of a lot better than any action platformer featuring featuring a fucking pizza mascot should Dude, be. It, uh, this yeah. game is
0: great. I play. I loved this game as a kid. Like it just. I played so much of this. Like I don't know if. I didn't own it, so I don't know at what capacity I got to play so much of it. Like maybe we rented it for a longer amount of time. Maybe I got it from the from like a flea market or something. I don't know. But this game, I love it. Like it, I can't say enough about it. Like because of this game, I was willing to give other games that turned out to be terrible, like the spot game, like you know the seven up or whatever it was later, which were actually terrible. But this game criminally underrated at 3.1 for fun (laughs) i would give this a 4.5 because it was a blast and i will fight anybody that feels differently
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it feels good it looks good it sounds good you know i i don't think it's not elite or anything it's not like fucking finding little nemo i don't think but it is i you know i hadn't ever fucked with it and i fired it up and i i played the whole first level and i was like yep that's fucking good capcom action platformer for sure you know I don't think I ever beat it, but I got so far into it so far. I mean, you know, yeah, I didn't like you have an adversary, like a, another pizza dude. That's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that existed. So they further develop the story world. Yeah, just a not going on. Yeah. Next coming out of that now playing stuff. Finally is a spread letting us know about the next strategy guide that's coming down the pipe in December. A, it's called the four player extra. And this will feature 13 titles that embrace the simultaneous four player action that the NES satellite and four score peripherals enable. And the games we have here are Super Spike V-Ball, NES, NES Play Action Football, Nintendo Naturally. World Cup Soccer, Super Off-Road, Gauntlet 2, Swords and Serpents, Kings of the Beach, A Nightmare on Elm Street, World Bowling, Magic Johnson's Fast Break, Fuck That Game, Spot, Top F- Player Tennis, two. <laughs> yeah. and then Mule, which again, also I didn't mention that when I was talking about how weird of a game, it's a four-player simultaneous game, like, what? <laughs> like, and honestly, that even further... Again, like, you sit four people, four friends, in a room together, playing that game, especially because it's turn-based and shit, it can kind of be a party game, probably, that's maybe a little bit interesting to play, you know, uh, because it is strategy-based, and, like, you know, you can yeah. you don't have to, it doesn't require full focus because of the turn-based component of it, you know, like, I, I can see there being a very niche appeal to that. Um, but, oh, funny. Uh, certainly didn't have access to it as a kid. Uh, or four friends I would have... Or three friends I would have done. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so just, I mean, even outside of that, of course, there's definitely some heat in here. And plenty I'd be down with tackling in a game app. Uh, particularly some of the new release titles at this time. NES Play Action, of course. We've uh, talked about that a great deal. Gauntlet 2 and World Cup Soccer. And I, I fired up Gauntlet 2 just to kind of refresh myself. And mm-hmm. this is a mindscape which we just talked a bunch of shit about with Days of Thunder and Dirty Harry. Uh, and then then an Atari collaboration. So Atari developed this game, so maybe that's part of it. They actually got a good developer, even though Mindscape is releasing it. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect to enjoy it much beyond... Cauntly the 2? Yeah, the fire... Well, the first one's not very good on the true, NES. True, true, it's, true, It's pretty bad and, and very monotonous, I feel. Uh, the title screen music is fire, and that's why it's in our fucking opening sequence music. But... I ended up getting completely sucked into it. I played a few levels before ejecting, just because I didn't want to sit and play Gauntlet Two all day. But yeah. I played it long enough, and it's so much better feeling than the first one that I think playing this in a group would be an absolute fucking blast. Like, let really... me t- let me
0: let me tell you about that. So okay. it's deceptive when you think about Gauntlet One. If you play Gauntlet One to just as you said to play Gauntlet Two, because. For A minute when the first time we came across, across Gauntlet One in the, in an issue, and I picked it up thinking of Gauntlet Two, and I was immediately like, Oh, this game sucks, man. <laughs> but Gauntlet Two, I played it with Jesse a ton as a kid. Like, I think I, I feel like I played this with multiple people, and I don't know because I, I didn't have the, the advantage, you know, or the four player thing to play four players, so I don't remember how I would have played it with multiple, but I played so much of this game, definitely didn't beat it. But like, well, it's, yeah, it's got like a hundred levels or something. Yeah, it's this parts. game is great though, man. Yeah. Gauntlet Two is a great game. I would, but I would say this is the type of game I would prefer to only play two player. Like I played it I, again. Yeah, for up sure. For way more fun. Yeah, way more fun. And played it one thing, player, yeah. but like it's almost like I'd rather this to be a two player side quest. Like, all right, where are we picking back up? And let's go together because it's yeah. it's just really well done. Especially when you think about the contrast of the first one, which is like, meh, the second one, it's it's pretty hotness.
1: Uh, clearly not a, I mean, side quest would not work there's no fucking story to be had there but as it's a, a, a multiplayer yeah I, I would be down for kill quest in this simultaneously for sure maybe even try to get jab and like so we've cool. talked so much about that uh and that's even that embraces even you know we talked about i don't know which one was that tombs and treasure swords and serpents uh, swords and serpents there's four players mm-hmm. here so that's probably what it is uh we talked about doing that as a side quest with like a one of the disciples but that uh, gauntlet is clearly much easier of, of a Uh, way of doing that, you know? Uh, And yeah, I mean, I I remember Jab and I running this for sure. and I think off, I'm almost sure it's inclusion in this four-player guide and like Mm -hmm. having that to reference and get through levels and shit. Yeah, it's... I was shocked at how much fun i was having for sure so yeah i would be 100 percent down to game app and or kill quest that as a group uh or maybe just game app it and then do that as part as our instead of our couch co-op of just us just do that with as many people as we can get on board yeah. to do it with um that's a super easy integration thing too yeah very good i was I was shocked at how much i enjoyed <laughs> Uh, they have a little blurb in the top right corner of the spread letting us know that since Nintendo Power is now a full-fledged monthly mag, it's time to kiss these strategy guides goodbye. Oh, uh, no. Yes, RIP, <laughs> RIP strategy guides. But don't worry. You can still order them as back issues, Jay. Don't, don't fret. <laughs> <laughs> NES Achiever is up next, and one thing of note about the feature this time around is I would say at least half, probably the majority of entries here, do not have scores. They are just finished designations. And... I think high scores have been more the idea for this feature historically, and I really like the idea of it just being more of a hall of honor for kids beating games than I yep. do like comparison scores, which, you know, I've already said. goes out happened. the window about this
0: time anyway. You know, right. like in the earlier gen, you're like, oh, what's my high score? But at this point, you're just excited
1: you beat said game. Right, yeah. Know? and I love just a place <laughs> to celebrate that is cool, you know. Yeah. They have added a best practices guide for getting a good Game Boy screenshot to supplement the usual suggestions for capturing NES Hall of Fame submissions, and that is pretty fun too. Uh, just as the NES flowchart does, it paints a painfully good picture in my mind of a small child trying to work through this flowchart and get it right <laughs> and, and for failing sure. numerous times. You know, there are plenty of Ohio homies in here to or that are seeking 8-bit immortality, including some epic, obscure Ohio geography opportunities. We have one Bart Ameline hailing from Gibbonsburg, wanting to, us to know he's finished Aston X. We have Lee Hickman and Wapa Kaneda finishing Rescue Rangers. Lech Kazorski and in Inklid took down Bowser in Super Mario Bros. 3. Eric McGraw and Huron beat Tecmo World Wrestling. And lastly, Mike Winsenek in Canton has the fifth highest Tetris score. And I wonder if Grozenbaugh knows him. <laughs> Being that he's from canon <laughs> yeah. should text him. And, should call Grozenbaugh right now on the thing on on <laughs> on recording and ask him if he knows Mike Winesik <laughs> That's funny. That's one of our uh, college fraternity brothers. Uh, I guess we don't talk about him enough for that just to be canon. it's canon, yeah. uh specifically, Jay's little. What do you, what you? What's the? What's yeah, the little brother. Little, little brother. Yeah. Fraternity little brother. Fraternity little brother, I guess. Yeah, that's. I was trying to think. There's, is there like a more, a better way to convey? Yeah, but there was no other terminology. Nah. Just little brother. It's like you're, it's like a mentor. I guess is a better way to put it to someone, yeah. not a fraternity. Yeah, so Huron and Canton are not nearly obscure enough, of course. And Inclid is just a typo of Euclid, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that's too big for obscurity as well. But Gibsonburg and Wapakanita are darling examples of what we look for in our obscure Ohio geography lessons. And as always, listeners, these segments of the podcast are graciously brought to us through the support of your mom. And Wapakonita is the no-brainer option of these two, in my opinion. Where is Wapakanita located, Jay? No idea, but I'm guessing it's, I'm, I'm going to say northeast
0: somewhere. Northeast? Northeast okay. of Columbus, right? Okay. Definitely northern Ohio somewhere. Definitely, okay. I'd be shocked if it's southern Ohio.
1: Uh, I guess it. It's pretty central. I guess if I, if I recall correctly, looking at the map, I think it might technically be in the northern half, but it's pretty central. I would say it's between mm-hmm. Dayton and Lima on I seventy five. So it's ex- oh. pretty yeah, pretty extreme western. Uh, it's much closer to Lima yeah. than Dayton. So, yeah, so that definitely, definitely on the north side. The population uh, at the time of the 2020 census is 9,957, so pretty damn small. And there is a handful of semi-accomplished people from here, but easily the most notable thing about Wapakonita is Neil Armstrong, the first man to step foot on the moon, hails from this place. And I was how- going to say, that name
0: sounds familiar, but I don't know why.
1: Like, I, I couldn't tell you where
0: it is. Like, it just... Those Indian names are much more northern, but like okay. that's that, that's true. That
1: bigger. is a that is that is a very contextual uh, clue to implement into your your decision making mm-hmm. there. Because yeah, that is true. Oh no, actually, I don't know how true because there's a lot of down by Miami and Cincinnati. There's a lot of because that's Miami, Ohio is the Miami the Miami River the Miami Indians. You true. know, so uh, I guess I just think Cuyahoga like a
0: lot of like, yeah. I mean, they're everywhere
1: in Ohio, yeah, really, sure, really, no. yeah. <laughs> Not really, the whole country. That's the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> That's the whole catch uh, about the whole problem, I think. But uh, so, yeah, uh, how riveting his formative of years must have been growing up in Wapakoneta. As a result, they do have an air and space museum and an airport. I highly doubt either would be the case had Armstrong mm. been birthed anywhere else on the entire planet. I don't think they would have an airport or a museum highlighting air and space accomplishments. Fair. So pretty fun fact about Wapakoneta, Ohio. And again, that was brought to us by your mom. Pack watch next and by future of NES game packs they actually mean in the case of many of these titles the now of NES game packs and Deja Vu from Kim Seika is the first thing here and this dropped in December. This is a crime-mystery-noir-thriller concept in the exact same style and UI as Shadowgate, so as you'd expect, I have very fond memories of it. It was a game I rented off a feature that I believe is in the next issue of Nintendo Power. Looking forward to that. And even with that partial walkthrough, I was completely stumped by this game. I, got, I did not beat it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's... Uh, testament to complexity because I had beaten Shadowgate at this time so it's not just stupid kid shit I can get through those games at this time (laughs) Uh, but that one was a little more opaque to me but the storytelling is absolute aces and very adult theme. Maybe that was part of it. Shadowgate is this kind of fantasy medieval stuff that maybe a kid right. can work wrap their mind around a little easier. This is noir crime, so there's like drugs and like you got to understand how drugs could affect a human being, and there's like all this shit. in there that At is ten more. eleven, I am not catching right. Up that. <laughs> right. So that, I'm sure that could have been part of it. I'm sure it would be much more traversable as a old ass man. Uh, but either way, I was totally entranced by this as a kid, and you know, as I've always said about Shadowgate, the UI is tough sledding as a modern player. But I'd love to find a way to really dive into these games together for the pod. Uh, beyond, I, I ended up kill. I've I totally forgotten I had done it actually. But when I was uploading to YouTube my kill quest videos for the Willow thing, I know I remembered that I had done a kill quest of Shadowgate that's on there, a uh, three episode run through I did of that, so I did find a way to work it in one way or another, but I highly recommend you you embrace those and try to check them out. I know it's tough, but they are such, such good games, even if we never get to them as game episodes or anything. A whole page of indulgence in Capcom's Mega Man 3 comes after that, and hold for that cover feature next issue, Jay. Hold! I know you don't want to do it, but hold! (laughs) Hold! They have some hot news about the Simpsons game Acclaim is cooking up via the Kitchen Boys and Absolute Entertainment. And not even named as such yet, but this is the BART versus Space Mutants they're talking about yeah. here. And it's too bad all those games suck as much as I love those Kitchen Boys. A long-minded page follows that with both long-form games and a long-view outlook into or on 1991. We have first... Earthbound here, which this was released in Japan as Mother. And this is teased here as a fall 91 drop, and this is a pretty big deal because this is an in-house developed RPG franchise that is revered as being phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Potentially even the greatest RPG ever, Jay. What? I've yes, heard that. This yes. Is, wow. Yes. This I think the one on the Super Nintendo, and that gets ported to the SNES in 94. I think that might be the one that's considered the greatest. JRPG that makes sense. by some people's standards as, as ever. But yes, this first installment never makes its way stateside. So this is a false claim. Oh. Um, I was going to say, I'm like,
0: Earthbound, yeah, that's a game.
1: But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's tragically did not happen. And this game has such a fan base that there are oodles of translations that amount to what is considered by some, yes, the best RPG of the 8 bit era as well, even though it's not an official release, I think. Let um, oh. read the description of this because it's worth. Covering the story world and such. Set in the modern world, baseball bats and psychic PSI powers take the place of swords and sorcery. The main character, a kid with latent PSI talents, searches for the truth behind the legend about a mysterious ancestor. Many things will hinder the lad's quest, including poltergeists, giant rats, and crazy hippies. (laughs) Earthbound, which was released as Mother in Japan Returns, features a giant world to explore and tons of puzzles to solve, all with a touch of humor. So I think... Uh, a good comp that we are familiar with is StarTropics. I think this is kind of, which yeah. maybe is why, it, it could very well be why because StarTropics was an NES or rather US exclusive release, you know what I mean? So it's very possible that they saw too much overlap to bother with this Earthbound shit because they had StarTropics cooking here, you know uh, which makes a lot of sense to me, I suppose but unfortunately nonetheless, we can't get enough yeah. of these great RPGs but I mean the love I love this Star Tropic
0: is here, because that is, you know, that makes a lot of sense that like it was promoted so much. That's why I will continue to talk about it until I get to play through that game. <laughs>
1: yep. Although it's got that action component going on, like I said, that but there there is so much there there is still like an overworld there, there's enough traditional JPRG slowdown, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. that I fear that less than I spoke about for Willow 2, I would say. But I added this one to our RPG side quest as well because we can get the translation, of course, and play it. And I think that would be uh, really fun and interesting. Um, there's probably not a lot of coverage of that out there being an unofficial release, you know. So we'd be... Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the four, 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 not forefathers. But the, I can't think of the fucking <laughs> word. <laughs> we blaze in our own trailer, blaze in a new trailer, whatever. Uh, forerunners, I can't think of the word, but... Um, it would be uh, probably a good thing to cover, a fun thing to cover. An NES port of the original SimCity is next, which sadly also never gets a release uh, in the U.S., or maybe at all, actually. I don't think it hit in Japan either. It would thankfully be a banger of a launch title for the SNES, though, and that I actually consider that my favorite version of the original SimCity. Hmm. Um, there is a prototype version of the NES v- version floating around the Internet, though, if you're so inclined to take a look at this. I have seen that before. So they did get to prototype stage on this. And then Star Tropics is the last game in here, and we just talked about that. But they're saying they jumped the gun or jumped the shark when previewing it in the <laughs> May-June issue because it's looking more like it will be an early 91 release, which is not true because it does... Drop in December. We have looked that up. So it's it's <laughs> officially fair game for side questing, even though they're saying it's not here. Um, and yeah, I know you're fired up about that one. So we are nearing. Well, I guess we'll talk about that at the end. That'll be one of the things we'll try to get into uh, in the debate. Let's talk about our side questing plans. They wind this page up with the smallest of hype blurbs about the Super Famicom having lit scrolling backgrounds and stereo sound. So, you know, of course we know the SNES is cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then a full page titled Weird Heroes features four titles with characters they describe as having a chance to break into the show. And by that, they mean establish themselves in the big leagues such as Mario, Link, Mega Man, Simon Belmont have. Um, and they uh, were wrong, none of these. Actions. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: nice try, but the
1: yeah. yeah, the blurb never, and here's the funny, this is hilarious to me, dude, just like a, I don't know, a magazine layout editing choice, but the blurb never once mentions either ninja's name, which I feel is just the shittiest job possible of executing what the stated theme of this feature is. The stated theme is talking about establishing the heroes as iconic you know and they do a feature on fucking a great game shadow the ninja but don't even mention their fucking their names you know which is just terrible to me Right,
0: hey, this uh, is back of the
1: magazine stuff that's we know the less effort comes in uh it's true i guess that's possible <laughs> yeah. but they also present the, the other games they also present our data east werewolf which we talked about a few episodes back, I remember being in Atlanta when we were talking about that and the Azmix conquest of the Silver Palace. And the latter one does have, like, all three of these don't have names in them except for that latter one, like uh, character names. I mean, and the names on that are Farron and his dog Zap. And we talked about that game in Atlanta too. I remember because uh, that's the one I I was like, it's got a dog. That's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually it's kind of interesting. Like both of them fell into the category of there's kind of interesting shit going on here, but I don't know if there's enough to sit down and actually play through, you know. So, whatever. But there there's one new game that we have not talked about, and it is Human Entertainment Developed Hal Published Kabuki Quantum Fighter, released in December. Uh, Let me actually read the description on this one, too, because it's helped paint the world what it is. Are you into exotic weaponry, but bored with super lasers, bionic assault rifles, and nuclear hand grenades? <laughs> then try Kabuki Quantum Fighter from HAL. The hero of this action game, we called him Kabuki Man, knows how to, which is a terrible name, even even when they right? mention it, it's still <laughs> terrible, but knows how to kick some tail as, we, as well as the best of them. But in grand Kabuki style, he uses his hair to attack enemies, and they are sure to include uh, some comic-style exclamation, question mark, exclamation in there to emphasize that. And then Kabuki Quantum Fighter is a weird and, or whether is weird and wild with great graphics and animation. And okay, did you try this game? I did. Uh, okay. No.
0: It. Uh, it it's, it's like weird. Shadow of the Ninja to me. I was like,
1: holy fucking shit! This game's incredible.
0: <laughs> I definitely did not feel Ugh. that way. This. To me, feels like a run-of-the-mill rental store platformer. Oh uh, man, swapping between like a gun and his hair, or like a ninja star—I don't even know what that is—and and, and the I don't hair. think
1: I even got to using any other items, and I was still impressed. But all you have to do is like hit the—I can't
0: remember which button like switches switches the hair thing. I don't like, yeah, I don't it's cool. That. You can jump and like hang hang on this stuff. Again, rental store platformer. If I get it, I'm gonna play it and figure it out. But like, it's not really standing out enough to me to like one interesting, even play interesting, it more.
1: interesting. Yeah. Well. Yeah, there was a lot going on. I fired up. The title prologue slideshow was like three minutes of story. <laughs> it's set in it was a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot of story. Yeah, set in 2056 and hinges on the fact that someone or something has hacked into the fucking mainframe. So I'm listening. And the stage start cinematic is a bunch of random computer code flying by bottom to top before the protagonist appears, superimposed on top of it, just doing ninja shit, which is a really cool like stage introduction Cutscene, I think, and mm-hmm. then the gameplay fires up, and yeah, I'm immediately getting Shadow of the Ninja vibes. I like, fair graphics, music, play control, everything. You mentioned the hanging from shit, you mm-hmm. know, that was in there, and it felt good to me to be doing so. And the hair whipping attack is, I don't know, I was, I, I, exp- I read that, and I was like, that is gonna suck for sure. But I was actually. I it's thought just like it like a melee, like your extended yeah, melee. Right, attack. yeah, I thought it it's felt, not bad. It's not a bad attack. I thought it felt pretty fucking good. The whole point is you're collecting microchips. Someone hacked into the fucking mainframe. I mean, let's fucking go, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just just like Shadow of the Ninja. How have I never heard of this? Is what I was thinking to myself.
0: Um. Yeah. I think um, I might have played this back in the day too, actually. Like Really? I I yeah, yeah. never even
1: heard that name before. Like the critics scores are high as fuck on it. Uh, Human Entertainment is the developer of Game Map alum Monster Party. I don't know if you made that connection or not. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah one yeah. of your
1: early ones, which, yeah, I mean, that surprised me, too, because that game was kind of, it was interesting, but mm. it was kind of trash as far as the actual gameplay execution goes. Yeah. Uh, but to me, this, yeah, was 100% game map material in my mind. Huh. I thought you were going to, because that was definitely the same thing. When, we, when Shadow of the Ninja popped up and we first were talking about it, and whatever magazine episode that was, like I said, I was like, so a psychological study, like looking to see your face, like how is he going to get as excited as I'm about to get oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of shocked that you didn't. Nah, uh, yeah, it's I th- it's I th- okay.
0: Again, not bad, but okay.
1: Okay. Okay. A page of sports-related pack watch comes after that. A a few soccer games are here. The now-out Nintendo World Cup and a couple others that never get released. Euro Cup Soccer, World Trophy Soccer. We have Mike Ditka Football here, which is never released. And then Wayne Gretzky Hockey hits in 91, so that's not out yet. And then lastly is some shit that shouldn't be in the sports section but is nonetheless interesting. A November-released WWF joint called WrestleMania Challenge. And this is a rare-developed LJN-released... And since it claim is acquiring LJN around this time, that means it's basically the same team that did the first WWF WrestleMania game uh, the year prior. And this one has a little bit of a different view. It, it's like a, not isometric, but it is kind of like di- the ring is diagonal. Yeah. I guess it is kind of isometric as well. But the I would say, I mean, it's better on the the for the most part. Like the it makes that view makes the outside of the ring. More meaningful, you know? And I think that's a huge part of a wrestling game, of like this kind of wrestling game anyways, working. Being able to fight outside the, the ring and use fucking tools and shit. So there are more wrestlers this time, including The Ultimate Warrior, who gets featured in some slick oh, yeah. title screen pixel art that I really like. And you don't have to pick a big-time wrestler, either. You can play as a dude labeled yourself. Uh, Matt Gould pointed this out when I posted shit from this. This is a really quirky thing, I think. But it's basically the guy that would get wrecked in the opening match of the Saturday morning broadcasts of this oh, show, yeah. if you recall. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then eventually became the 1-2-3 kid. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, you can also do tag team matches. And there's a Survivor Series mode against three other wrestlers where... You know, you go in and then the, you throw the one out, and then another one comes in, and you have to do them in succession. My you know? favorite so,
0: mode as a kid, like really? just my favorite thing. I, I liked
1: Royal Rumble more. Too. Royal Rumble. Was, Royal Rumble cool. was great. Royal Rumble yeah. was great too. Yeah. It was yeah. it was that on steroids, basically, where yes. like it, it wasn't just one at a time. You had to fucking deal with it. You know, they in would a form minute, like more. They, would, they, would, they would form like mini alliances. Oh yeah, and then I loved and people. then betray yeah. them on the fly. <laughs> like you know, they were like really. Uh, as far as wrestling goes, anyways, high drama. Rumble was the shit. Yeah, yeah.
0: But this game is like this game is good. Like, I think part of the problem, my problem with this game is like, I I played WWF WrestleMania Steel C- a WWF Steel Cage Challenge, which came out in '92, and that is definitely an upgrade over this game. Okay. And that game is so fun. So when I realized, I was like, wait, no, that's not the right one. And yeah, I didn't even one.
1: know. I didn't know any of these other ones other than the first one existed. Oh, really? So yeah. So I haven't played that one either. So I look forward oh, to that. That,
0: that one, Steel Cage Challenge is like this, but like far better. So like okay. after I played that, I was like, oh, wait, this is not the right one. I played this one. I was like, oh, damn it. Like, this is just not. Okay. It's much earlier on. Like, as a true wrestling fan at the time, I would right. definitely play the mess out of this. But, like, comparatively, it's like, ah, oh, this is not the version.
1: Well, I look forward to that. Because, yeah, I mean, I, you know, thinking of give a fuck about wrestling now. But I, this, I have a ton of affinity for this IP at this time. And mm-hmm. I would love a game that actually feels good with it, for sure. Even.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So, I look forward to that. I get that. <laughs> Celebrity Profile comes at us next. And it's on Kadeem Hardison of A Different World fame. And I did not watch that show at all. Did you?
0: Well, I fucking love
1: that show. It's because you're not black. Like, for okay.
0: us, it was like one of the, it came on, you know, it was made by... Bill Cosby, okay. and like it started out with, um, I forget one of his daughters. She was the main character in like the first season, but it quickly became about all these other characters. So it, I love this. They actually, yeah. they actually did a talk at Micro like him and a couple other people um, did a talk at Microsoft a couple years ago when I first started, and it was awesome, like having them all on like a call together. Yeah. And, like, obviously, before pre pandemic, they would have showed up on campus, but love that show. Love okay. the show. Like the fact that he actually plays some games here. It's not just like one of those dudes that, like, right, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, dude, I played yeah. Nintendo once, you know, okay. kind of a thing. Well, I
1: know this dude. I, I knew, I didn't know his name actually, but I immediately recognized him. I know this dude is one of the playground ballers White Whiteman Can't Jump.
2: Yeah. He's, he's, he's the goofy
1: <laughs> one on Sydney's crew, right? So, yeah, I, I, I immediately recognized him for that. So, looking up, you know, I always look up their shit to see what they're doing now. Dude, he's still working his ass off doing get, TV guest star arcs all the time. So, uh, you know, being a uh, a young actor on a, a hit TV show did not fuck his life like so many of them yeah, were predisposed so to. So pretty cool. Yeah, he's a big sports gamer. According to the profile, he mentions Racket Attack and Tecmo Bowl, but is really crushing on Super Spike V-Ball and NES Play Action Football at the time of the interview. So Awesome games, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it felt very not full of shit, his <laughs> description <laughs> yeah. of actually playing those games for sure. They orchestrate a perfect segue in the celebrity profile using a story of Kadeem's about his being on Live with Regis and Kathy Lee and them pulling a planted PowerFest finalist out of the audience to whoop his ass in Super Spike (laughs) V-Ball. That's funny. Yeah, when transitioning to a two-page spread in the 1990 PowerFest finals, which is what's (laughs) next here. And these are short blurbs about some of the 90 finalists from across the country, all of which are getting all-expense-paid trips to Orlando for the national finals going down December 7th. These are short blurbs about some of the 90 finalists from across the country, all of which are getting all-expense-paid trips to Orlando for the national finals going down December 7th. And there's a father-son combo out of Cleveland, and those are the two I'd have bested if I had just known the local tournament was happening and could have participated. Significant to me. And they have the first female finalist, a young dude kicking ass and taking names despite having lupus and then bringing the issues narrative full circle. They have the kid who whooped Kadeem's ass on Regis and Kathy Lee profile here as well. (laughs) That's awesome. Pretty fun. Bolton Board is next. Mostly just back issues and 900 numbers here, but there is one very of note thing. And that is they are announcing the reissuing of punch out without Mike Tyson's likeness and name and are trying to frame it as an improvement over the original that has him in it. And they word that as if you didn't buy Mike Tyson's punch out when it was first released, you're in luck. What in the actual fuck kind of corporate agenda propaganda bullshit is this? (laughs) That is is just insanity. Yeah. And it it should read if you didn't get it, you missed out. Right. Yeah. You're fucked. Sorry, life sucks, wow. but try to try to <laughs> not try to not commit suicide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fucking, just yeah, like whatever. I mean, clearly, you know, they have that; they have to be, right. you know. But like, that's an insane route to go. You know, just yeah. say it's out; you can get it. It's re-released, bigger yeah. and better. I'll try to hype it up like it's yeah. better. Come on, right, now. yeah. At least not on that basis, like because Mike Tyson was in it, you know, like don't right? try to do it that way. <laughs> like
0: everybody wants to be Mike. Like, come right. on, come yeah. on. That's the whole thing. Like yeah, every nobody other fighter gives a shit about Mr. Dream. Get the fuck uh, yeah. out of
1: <laughs> The next issue section reiterates all the four-player action coming at us in the strategy guide. And then for Nintendo Power number 20, they are teasing Mega Man 3, Gremlins 2, and The Immortal. And then Howie's letter to readers is here, too. He's just explaining the mag going monthly and some of the format changes, the now playing, replacing the video shorts, new games, yada, yada. And the last thing this the issue is the player's poll, and they are sending motherfuckers to Super Bowl 25 in Tampa, Florida with this. You and three buddies get the trip covered, four tickets to the big game, and an NES satellite four-player package. And the second prize is just that satellite package, which is explained here as the satellite peripheral. And copies of NES Plexion Football and Super Spike V-ball, which are both great four player games. That would have been great little come ups. Are
0: you kidding me? In nineteen ninety, just give me that package. Like I don't need the Super Bowl. Take it like that would be cool, but like
1: I want that package. <laughs> yeah, I wonder I mean I I, I wonder if I would you know if I would have even won. the Super Bowl would have been such a thing too, like as a yeah. kid. Like I wonder how much not being really into football yet, I wonder how much yeah. I would have even liked it. You know, that'd be such an interesting little thing, little study. There's so much. There's got to be so much hubbub around it that it would be cool. And your dad yeah. would be fucking pumping it up, and it, you would have oh, friends. Yeah. You'd have friends <laughs> with you. Someone else would be coming to be a group. There'd be there'd be some way to enjoy it for sure, even if the game wasn't important to you. <laughs>
0: To our nominations is Pipe Dream uh, Game Music 2, a game which is solid, but I'm not quite going to recommend it for a game app. <laughs> solid yeah. game, though, I will say. We didn't talk about it, I had more fun than I thought. I've, I've I heard about the game a lot, I didn't really get it until I got into it a little bit, and then I'm like, okay, this is a game I feel like I could just play if I just needed some downtime so kind out. of a thing.
1: They, yeah, that's a great segue, Jay, because the power meter score for that is 62%. They give it a three-two, a two-eight, a three-one, and three-three. So decent on the decent. Like, theme and fun, play control stuff. You know the actual like mechanics, like the feel good of the game loop, which is important for that kind of game, of course. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So the the now that I'm computing them and have this super specific data, I think it's a worthwhile little mini segment to give the aggregate score of this entire issue of Nintendo Power, we can do this for each one. Like, what is the score of the games in the issue, you know? So the aggregate of Nintendo Power issue 18 is 63.9%. So, uh, and actually, you know what? Let me quickly pull up the, the graph of... All of them, so we can compare that to the macro. So, yeah, so 63% is our best issue, has been November 89 with 72.08%. And our shittiest issue has been 64. Point, our last issue, actually, September 90, was a 64.11%. Uh, percent. So, uh, it's pretty much right in between, right? Yeah, close. Me- median numbers here. On the games offered, despite some really I think some really kind of elite bangers. Uh, have, I think a high number of 80% in this compared to most. So I guess that means there's a lot of bullshit dragging it down. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so let's talk about games. I think, why don't you go ahead and start us off, Jay, with the games sure. we have on our nominations? Uh,
0: so this issue was very interesting. Like, there's a lot here that I could be convinced to play a lot here that I absolutely don't want to touch with a 10 foot pole. And then I think this really gets into the philosophy around choices for these games right because there are some games like that I've played as a kid and I'm like, yes, I love this game I would totally play it again. But do I want to play the game again or do I want to go after a new game? Like, what is the philosophy? Is it going after something I haven't taken down yet just because I haven't beat it or about experiencing something brand new? So I, well, what, let's, I, I guess throw that let, out there.
1: Let's discuss – let's let's interject then with what the games – the last few game apps we've done – I think they've been more exploratory and less nostalgia reasons. Yeah. They've been, what, Shadow of the Ninja? Phileos was in there. Ooh. Super Mario 3, I guess, is a pretty big nostalgia pluck. Uh, and a daunting one at that. Um, what the hell was before that? I don't even, I can't even think. What was before? Uh, was another Genesis game was before Phileos. We did two Genesis ones in a row, didn't we?
0: Well, Captain Skyhawk, I felt like, was relatively recent. <laughs>
1: But I don't this remember. this, this <laughs> is easily figured out. By the way, we have we can look uh, it back. We have up. we have apps that list this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh uh, yeah, our last yeah. games were Super Mario Three, of course. Shadow. Then the Ninja. Shadow the Ninja.
0: Helios. Strider.
1: Phileo Fili- Strider on Genesis. That was the other one. Yes, yeah. before that. Little Nemo. Little Nemo. Cyberball. So. So a good mix there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's, I guess it'd be hard to argue either way as being do per se. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. I, I so think you with
0: with that said, um, my first one was Yo Noid because again, fantastic platformer. I'm fairly certain I never beat it. I feel like that's something I would remember, like ending sequence wise. Like I feel like I got very far, and it was time to turn the game in or whatever, what have you. So Yo Noid definitely. My second one, which if you're watching this live behind me, TMNT two the arcade game, and so I just got the. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. And so that is Arcade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1, 2, and 3. Um, NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1, 2, 3, and 4. Turtles in Time 4 was like my favorite Turtles game of all time um, until the recent Shredders game came out. It also includes... Three Game Boy games as well, so you can play that. So all I'm really plans. impressed. Yeah, all the all the game, it's got like Tournament Fighters, which is you know a 2D fighting game when the, since those are popular at some point. And so if we were if we were to ep, ep this, I'd play it on the Xbox because right there, you know, and it'd be cool to kind of jump in. So Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, that is my second choice, and then uh, my third choice was I was debating between Solstice again, throwing it out there. And then Gremlins 2, which we decided we were going to wait on. So, you know, hold that one back.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I have Solar Jetman, which I've been pushing for all those different reasons. Uh, Castlevania 3, just because of – it's. I know (laughs) it it shocks me that you're coal on it, but it's it's so well-revered, and I enjoyed that first one so much and the challenge of it that it's something that's kind of I want to – it's on my, like, bucket list of of things I want to cross off. I've gotten with two in here. We talked okay, about that as a, okay. a fun thing. It's kind yeah. of interesting to, to think about it in a game episode context. Is there really anything to talk about?
0: Yeah, I don't Got, know. When you put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I like, really you know, know, there
1: is complexity. The enemies have different mechanics and stuff, but I don't know if they're varied to even worth be worth mentioning, you know? So that might be something that would be better as just, yeah, something for us to just jump on and fuck around and do, you know, mm-hmm. um, with with some extra players. And then I have Kabuki, Quantum Fighter, cause you know, I got all jazz <laughs> about that. Cause yeah, uh, I, I think it is. And maybe that's to its argument, leverage, detriment, that it's so similar to Shadow the Ninja, I think. yeah. And we just did that. So I, I can hear not wanting to do that. So I won't push that too hard. So we're gonna overlap. So there's no easy outs here, I guess. So I think the ones that we really agree are worth talking about are what Yonoid. What was your second one?
0: Uh,
1: Turtles two. Turtles two, yeah, and then Solar Jetman and Castlevania three.
0: I mean, I would I would take Solar Jetman over Castlevania three any day. That wow, is, that's wild. That's a hard hard like uh, that's a crazy like thing. A, I would avoid. I will avoid Castlevania the Castlevania series as much as possible. Like, Did you just, enjoy the
1: first one, didn't you? Didn't you enjoy
0: you Yeah, but a, again, like, I was willing to try it out because, again, I'd played these so much but I hadn't really beaten one. And so it's just... I, I don't know, man. It's just nothing about that is, is interesting to me at all.
1: There is like a... I don't know. And it's I think that's part of what the story world is meant to be. There is just kind of like this slow, plotting, workman-like vibe to the thought of playing it. I'll give you that. And I can see... Especially like if you're if you're really into action games, I don't. It, it's it weirdly doesn't really fulfill that. Mm-hmm. It's it's an action game, but it still has like a plotting pace to it that yeah. is kind of counter. What action games like that are supposed to feel like? So I can I can see someone who likes that kind of game not necessarily being overly enthusiastic about Castlevania specifically. So that makes sense to me. Uh, I think it's something that I'm not going to let us get out of entirely, but I don't think it's going anywhere either. So I can I can see not pushing it here. So I'm willing to let that fall by the wayside out of our option set. Like I would
0: I would I would push more for Kabuki Fighter than that one just cuz like when it compared to, just cuz of my just reaction to Castlevania, right. but that's yeah.
1: And, and, and that plays exactly into what I was just saying because it does have a fluidity to it. Ninjas, you know, it, 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 <laughs> it feels like I said, those mechanics felt good to me. Uh, but yeah, I think that is kind of a little bit repetitive for us game. Yeah. Style wise.
2: Uh, so. Turtles 2,
0: on the other hand, I love this game again. I would absolutely play it. It's But again, I also love playing these games multiplayer, like having a friend couch co op with you and kind of play through them. I don't know. We
1: we would obviously do that. What do you mean? We would obviously obviously then.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like just in terms of like, I just enjoy playing any Turtles game with a player. Like you know, Turtles One was different because it was one player, and so you hadn't just had to sit and like watch somebody play until it was your turn kind of thing. But like these two through four are just so much fun because they are like.
1: You jump in. You built around, yeah, they're built around right, that. For that's sure. what you expect because it is arcade right. style, you know. yeah yeah. I mean, I think that's one too. That kind of, I mean, I don't know. There's so much. The thing is with that is you have the underlying IP that gives you so much to talk about that you don't have to worry about the game action itself. Maybe not supporting a whole game app, you know, or enough shit to talk about to make it really fun. But yeah, because the turtles, it just goes without saying. There's so much there that we would have a blast with all those characters. Being able to use voice samples, <laughs> talk about the toys, yada, yada. So that would be a fun thing for sure. Yeah, I mean, I like, and that's something too. It does have, I think it is, it does have a feature coming up in the next episode. Maybe we did we have, actually, maybe did we already have a feature on that? I feel like we had one on one.
0: I don't know if we had one on two. Yeah, no, I did. It
1: was, it was a feature yeah. in the last one, even though it wasn't out yet. It was, it was a feature, maybe that's what which, it yeah, it was a notable thing. Uh, so yeah, so we have a feature we could play with too. Um, I feel like about that one also though. I don't know. I, that that's a good option. So we have so what? So Solar Jetman, Turn of Ninja Turtles 2, and and Yonoid. Yonoid is such a fucking nostalgia thing for you, and it was good enough. I'd be open to playing Yonoid because it it's such a it's one you've been talking about forever, and I was piqued enough by it, play style wise. So I'll let you pick. I'll let Solar Jetman keep sliding a little further down the fucking hill, <laughs> and I'll let you pick between uh, Yonoid and and TMNT.
0: Oh, oh so tough. I, the, it is very, It, it I, I salivate the idea of playing this on the Xbox, something different, you know, than kind of what I normally do. And just because just that's something, whenever there's a remake or remaster or anything on an updated system, I kind of like to try that out but you'll know are, that,
1: are they retooled or are they is it is it i think like, it's the exact same game i don't think one, retooled. one to one it's just okay yeah yeah right. but like you'll even
0: when we first saw it i don't know if it was this episode or last episode but i i think i just picked it up and saw it like previously in a coming soon and just like played a bunch of it and immediately was like yes this game is great and i never beat it Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make me choose between these. All right, let's let's uh, let's go Yonoid. Okay, I'm down.
1: All right, so that's it. We will play Yonoid by Capcom as our next game episode. And then we will be getting back to the realm of game Pro for issue 16. And you can subscribe to the pod. Actually, no, check that. Let's, I guess debate a little bit What we're going to uh, talk about side quest stuff when do we want to how how much do we want to put off is it a bad time of the year do we want to start bugging yeah, jab about I'd it I
0: absolutely need to take some time before jumping into that this is like the, the work break time coming up soon and I do not want to like have that time where I'm just sitting in front my
1: computer yeah. it's summertime okay I can hear waiting until fall on that okay alright well, at least give it a month
0: give it a month we'll talk about it next, next okay. episode
1: Okay, fair. Yeah. All right. You can subscribe to the pod on the platform to buy to whatever dummous company that serves up your pottery please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on the podcast platform of choice that you do listen to us on or any other for that matter. Website is nyahentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook and or Instagram and a link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist, master playlist is in the show notes. And there's the ISOH subreddit. You can to get down this on there. We don't have a Patreon, but if you'd like to give you money to things podcasters tell you to, we'd like to do so in our direction. The Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs For gamers with disabilities. And that is cool as fuck. Ablegamers.org is where you can find them. 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 Jay. What are your socials? Gentleman JB. Without the second E. That's
0: where you can find me when I'm posting. That's my gamer tag. Hit me up on Xbox. But let me
1: know who you are. Please. (laughs) And I am on Instagram. At broke. I'm on Twitter. If that's still a functioning website at Josh (laughs) Fullen and my uh, Oculus tag is my shift key is broke also. Okay, bye. Bye.